yo yo welcome back to movie riches we are here today to hit up some more cheese action stars uh, the last episode was sylvester stallone and as promised we are going to be touching on dolph lundgren and christopher lambert or lambert we don't know depending on you know your preference you know because we, we have no idea what does wikipedia say Nobody knows. No, I don't know. Um, don't trust Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. What? That could have been like that could have been me that wrote that Wikipedia page. It'd be like it's Lambert, and we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll never know. The yes, uh, yeah. This should be very interesting. Oh, he's got quite the five head. Yeah, Christopher Lambert is a five-headed warrior, but I will tell you this. Um, had a really good time doing the Sylvester Stallone uh, episode. And um, Dolph, the first guy we're going to be visiting, um, has starred in multiple movies with Sylvester Stallone. And Christopher Lambert, I don't think, has ever been in a Sylvester Stallone movie, as far as I know. You don't know of any, do you? Dose Rich? Nah. Nah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, one of these guys are going to have something in common with the guy we did last time, the other, no. But I will say this, one of my Christopher Lambert uh, performances of all time, Mortal Kombat. Oh. The 90s version. The crazy cackle that this guy does in these movie, in that movie is ridiculous. He's having fun with him, sure. Oh yeah, he's a goofball. But anyway, getting ahead of ourselves there, because uh, we're going to be starting with Dolph Lundgren first. Uh, and by the way, I'll just be totally honest. I haven't seen some of these Dolph Lundgren films. Doing a job change. A lot of weird things going on in my life right now. And over the last couple weeks that I've, you know, have wanted and really needed to watch some of these, I didn't get to catch up on all of them. Some of them I've seen. Some of them I have not. And uh, Dose Rich here has seen uh, most of these. So, I mean, we're, we're going to be able to... One of us is going to know the movie... If the other does not, you know, and I will be just like with the huge slant list that we did, I will be catching up and watching these regardless. Just didn't have the time uh, leading up to this episode. YouTube says Lambert. Lambert. (laughs) I've always said Lambert. I go back and forth. I go Lambert, Lambert, but I've always really said Lambert. Yeah, because that's just how it's spelled. You see that. But there is this. Some people say it that way because it's French. Mm-hmm. And that's a possibility. I mean, maybe it is. I, he's not in the room. I can't be like, Chris. Let's go drink that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to continue saying How do saying you like, pronounce your last Lambert, name? And then some people say Lundgren. I say Lundgren. Uh, you know, once again, kind of go back and forth between the two, depending on whether I, I, I start feeling self-conscious. Sometimes I'm like, oh, everybody else is saying Lund, you know, Lundgren. I'll, I'll say Lundgren. But I think it's Lundgren. Uh, There's a G in there. Yeah, so I kind of... Lundgren. Yeah, Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, so that's kind of how I, you know, how I like to pronounce it, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Why don't you guys have to do the wonky last names? <laughs> these, these are real... We're doing the foreign... Mm-hmm. Well, not all of, but some of the foreign B-movie actors. Exactly. There you go. And uh, both these guys got to make a lot of movies. Both battle in action because they're both very big in their respective markets, which is Europe, particularly Eastern Europe for old Lundgren and France for Lambert. 
Yeah, a lot of movies got made specifically because these guys make a lot of money in Europe. But even a couple on the list. Yeah. Well, one of them on this list is actually pretty well known. Uh, well, actually, not you know on, on Lundgren's list, on Lambert's list, same thing. There's a couple that are very well known on this entire list, uh, but we'll get to those. But let's go ahead and start off with Lundgren. Okay. Yes. Let's start with Punisher. All right. So number five, the Punisher. That's it. Marvel's first rated R film, and. This ties these two guys together because the original star of The Punisher was Christopher Lambert. Mm -hmm. But he broke his ankle in pre-production while testing out something. There can only be one. And so therefore, (laughs) Lundgren got called in last minute to uh, make sure this movie happened because the budget was already there, the film crew was already in Australia, and they were ready to make this movie. So He's like, I could do this. Yeah, you know, if you're going to take one European action star and you're going to model a movie towards Europe, you're going to have to replace him with another yes. European action star. Replace him with a giant, monstrous man. To be honest with you, I actually would be interested in... Well, you can't go back to time changing, but I wonder how Lambert would have done it. I don't... You know, movie. even a, I feel like Lambert would have been more like Thomas Jane's portrayal. I feel like, <laughs> you, you know, from like the newer Punisher... I have a feeling he would be... Of course, he's a little quirkier than Thomas Jane. Well, if Lambert was in it, at some point would be an incredibly erotic sex well, scene where he sucks on ev- someone's tip. Yeah, because every, every, every Lambert, Lambert movie, movie. Yeah. He, is, he is in there. Yeah, he, he is. He knows how to cast himself. <laughs> yes, and he, you know... And I it, think that's actually a requirement, like, show me my co-stars. Yes, he, you know... <laughs> you know, Lundgren, he did... He, you know, he just wants to make a film. Lambert goes, hey... Is there going to be a steamy shower sex scene or something where you see a lot of my saliva covering a woman's naked body? And if not, I'm not interested. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we'll get there when we get to Lambert. But, yeah. but uh, anyway. Mark, uh, Mark but, Goldblatt directed this movie. He only got to direct two movies, but he's a, a very famous cinematographer. He's done a lot of big-time movies if you look him up. Unfortunately, the two movies he got to do, which I like one a lot more than this one, which is Dead Heat, just got to throw it out there, Dead Heat's underrated, fantastic movie. Um, basically, neither of them did very well, so he didn't get to direct anything else, but this movie is incredibly well directed for what you probably have heard is a terrible movie. It's really well shot, uh, it looks great, it is rated R, it deserves being rated R, the kill count is crazy. Uh, and what I really like about this adaptation of The Punisher is um, it just jumps in. You know, you get some flashbacks uh, in some dream sequence and stuff to kind of explain who Frank Castle is, but instead it just jumps in right at the get-go. There's a, basically some guy gets out uh, of a trial. Uh, he goes to his house. Castle shows up, kills them all. Then he goes to his little subway uh, lair has a dream that kind of explains who he is, and then he goes to the docks and kills a whole bunch more people, and then it just keeps going. It's got a nice sense of humor. It's got a wacky sidekick. It's got a very, uh, actually kind of interesting storyline for a Marvel-type movie. Uh, the idea of it is is that uh, children from uh, the Italian gangs are being stolen by the Yakuza, and Castle wants to get the kids back because they're blameless. And honestly... We can't forget about Lewis. 
Dawson Jr. Oh, yeah, Louie Dawson Jr. is yeah. in it. Um, Old Louie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, funny enough, you know who would have been in this movie, but she lost out because apparently she wasn't as good as the woman who actually played the role. I have no idea. It's Nicole Kidman applied. Oh. She actually uh, tried to be the uh, Louie Dawson Jr.'s... Uh, uh, partner, his new partner to replace Frank Castle um, in the search for Castle, and uh, he said she wasn't good enough. But, Interesting. Yeah, well, she was a big star in Australia at the time, but uh, I have no idea who they. She's pretty good though. The actress they got her, but basically the idea of this movie is they got Lee Gus Jr. is looking into the Punisher mur- the murders, and he thinks it's his old partner. Mm-hmm. She believes him. They team up. They try and stop it. And uh, meanwhile, Frank Castle's trying to stop the kidnapping of these children, and he murders like 90 people. And for you guys out there that might care about such things, this movie has 91 people that are killed individually on screen. Wow. Yes, not including those who die in explosions. Yeah. They don't mess around. This is, it deserves its R rating. And honestly, this is a lot like Judge Dredd, where... It took a lot of crap when it first came out because of little design choices. Like Mark Goldblatt goes, I don't want him driving around in an old Chevy van. It'd be way cooler if he had a motorcycle. It kind of is way cooler if he has a motorcycle. So, I mean, I get that those types of things upset comic book fans. uh, And uh, so by the time this movie made it to America, because like, you know, this was a European action film that opened up everywhere first, then in America. Uh, it already had a bad rep from comic book fans, so I don't think they actually ever got a theatrical release. I think it just went straight to video. And uh, but I think it's great. It's uh, I remember when I saw it because this is one of those ones I did see a long time ago. And I do remember, um, and this was actually panned by certain people, you know, because of how stoic his acting was. Mm-hmm. And I've read a few different things just recently while kind of looking, you know. Looking at these lists that we were making and stuff, and, and uh, yeah, one guy described it as the acting from Lundgren was stoic, leading into more stoic. <laughs> and really, that I don't know what else you expect from a character like Castle. The background story to this character, the comics and the movies, all of them really, that have come out, it's not a happy one. So I don't think you'd be running around with a big giant smile on your face thinking everything's hunky-dory. Revenge is this guy's business, and once again, this is across the board in all Punisher uh, films and shows, and it's a very serious business. So yeah, I mean, I think at this point in their careers, Lambert was a much better actor. Like Lambert, I get used to saying Lambert because people told me that's what it was, but Lambert was a better actor than Leonard. So I think there's probably, if you watch this movie, there's probably sections of the script that were cut. Uh, especially dealing with him and his hobo friend. Well, I, I spy. Well, I actually read some trivia hmm. on that Lundgren actually uh, revised some of, the, and they gave him they gave him the power to do so. Revised some of the script so that he could actually speak the role that would fit better to his accent and yeah. stuff like that. So he actually doctored up the script himself to make it easier for him to read dialogue. No, I so, believe, yeah, I believe that one hundred percent. Like these guys, when I say they are foreign, they are super foreign. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense to me. And I because yeah, there, there it looks like the hobo and him would have a buddy comedy type thing going on that never quite takes place, which I actually think works well. That their friendship is so strange. Uh, but once again, you got Frank Castle. 
fighting the Yakuza. And, uh, yeah. The one thing I did learn uh, from watching The Punisher uh, and hearing old Mark Goldblatt talk when they first came to DVD kind of thing is that uh, the torture scene, when you get to it, all of those heavy breathings by the actress was not advised, uh, like, added. She straight up apparently had never seen someone so much because she was from Japan. Yes, and, and, was very turned on and another thing about the torture scene is that it, during that filming, Lundgren was so sweaty that they had to keep toweling his body off <laughs> during the torture scene. And this is a trivia that you can look up and read. Apparently, the director had him toweled off between takes because he was sweating so profusely in the torture scene. Well, <laughs> so, it, looked like, it, it looks uh, pretty intense. So, you know, I don't know if it was the thought of that possibly really happening to him that was making him sweaty or the woman who was breathing heavily and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to throw this out here. We don't want to ruin anything, but, you know, I don't want to ruin exactly what takes place in the movie. But this is actually a really dark, dark movie, which I also think turned off a lot of comic book fans that now they might appreciate. At one point, one of the kids the Punisher saves, he murders his father in front of him and then tells him if he doesn't grow up to be a good boy, he's going to come and murder him. That's uh, the type of comic book movie this was. Uh, and I think that's it was how you knew it. As he should have. <laughs> so I'm just saying, this was a little dark for the time period. I think it gets a bad rap. I think this clearly deserves to be number five uh, for Lundgren. Um, and, uh, you know, he's made about 100 movies. A lot of them are bad. Uh, there might be a gem or two that uh, we might mention after the list. just because they're, they're, But for different reasons, we kept them off the list and we'll mention why. And I, I'm done. Wait, we can move on yeah. to number four. Number four, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Another Yakuza movie. Another Yakuza movie. And this one with Brandon Lee as well. May he rest the late in peace. Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, guns. Mm-hmm. Sometimes blanks don't work correctly. That is and, the case. And uh, unfortunately for Brandon Lee, he took one of those that didn't work correctly. Yes. And Alec Baldwin. The well, yeah, Alec <laughs> well, didn't Alec Baldwin do the killing? Not the he uh, shot it and <laughs> hit the Brandon camera. Took the bullet. I think he yeah. took as, the bullet. As bad as I feel for Alec Baldwin, because no one wants to unintentionally murder someone. I think you always want to be the one who accidentally pulled the trigger, not not took the bullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Right true. now he's eating his filet mignon, sitting in his mansion, thinking, "Man, I." Wish I hadn't killed somebody, but oh well. But, well, I, I yeah. do know they eventually cleared the crow guy. No, I the blank was defective. Yeah. Today. They cleared the person. Who uh, you know what? I had jokes aside. I haven't really, you know, followed that up. But I can imagine that he probably did not feel great about blowing away his co-star. Or no, it wasn't even a co-star. It was a, a camera woman. It was a camera woman. I'm really, I'm pretty positive that that was wow. not something he wanted to do. So. I'm hoping that they clear that. I mean, things happen. When you're using a firearm, even with blanks... He's an actor. How does well, he know? Yeah, he no. just the pulls pro- the trigger. The process of making a blank is exactly the same as making a bullet, mm-hmm. except for then they expend it and then... Re- anyway, it's a long... There's actually a whole documentary, actually, about the crow, if you want to find out. Yeah, about it's Brandon still Lee. a dangerous thing to and do. It's a very dangerous yeah. thing. These actors do take uh, some mm-hmm. serious risks. That's why a lot of movies nowadays... Um, CG. Are CGI. Uh, they take some of that... Uh, it's never going to look as real. It's never going to be as effective. But that's because a blank, you're really shooting a gunpowder wad out of a weapon. And occasionally things go bad. And occasionally things go bad. Um, very, very rare, though. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies we shot and like two or three people have 
actually yeah, die. It's rare, but you're still taking a risk. So yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, out of all the people who ever had the worst luck, it's Brandon Lee. Yes. Because, and there's actually, like I said, a whole documentary about or it. Or the camera that, one. Yeah, because everyone <laughs> believes that family's cursed, and that's yeah. proof of it. But let's get back to Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yes. So this movie, um, you always say this, you're going to, if you have never, if you were younger than us, you're in your 20s, and you've never really watched these old action flicks, and you like action flicks, but you've been watching them on Netflix and all these new streams, this is one of those movies you are either going to hate or love. Because everything that's great about this movie, they don't do anymore. This movie is a buddy comedy to the extreme. Mm -hmm. It requires uh, uh, basically you having, uh, you know, uh, getting the sense of humor because the sense of humor is not mainstream. It's shared between the two characters. But the other thing is, what makes this movie great is the cinematography is fantastic. This is a really cool looking movie. The shots are great. Uh, there's all kinds of story building through the shots. Uh, they come at it from different angles. You get to see some cool, uh, out of the box things. It's just like a really, it's a really well directed film, and that you're not going to see the likes of uh, with these modern action flicks. And so, uh, if you do like that, definitely go back to this era because this is uh, this is one of those movies that was underappreciated its time because of the fact it wasn't as good as the big big movies mm -hmm. but it's a great action flick it was it was a direct to video really yeah yeah but, uh, it's, uh, but but honestly it's worth your time if you like and, and he's right it is a buddy cop movie both of them uh, have different ways they like to do things once again it is trying to take down the Yakuza so kind of a common theme there except for Punisher is revenging his family this one well in the, in the Punisher film he actually just to throw this out here the Yakuza element's interesting in that he actually has no interest in killing them until they take the kids. Mm -hmm. And then he has to get convinced to get the kids back. Which is kind of, which once again, all of the Punisher movies have taken their own liberties and story. But the original Punisher stuff, he wants to kill them. <laughs> well, no, he does want to kill them yeah. eventually. But, I mean, it fits. He will kill them eventually. Mm -hmm. but he, and he does kill them along the way before he even figures out what they are. Actually, uh... Getting back to the original funny movie, how he starts killing the Yakuza is they start robbing a boat, and just simply because they're robbing a boat, he kills them. <laughs> so, but it wasn't his ultimate goal at the time. But um, in this show on Old Tokyo, he is there's a lot of Western man versus Eastern man type humor in that. Brandon Lee is a Japanese guy not in touch with his roots, trying to pretend to be like an LA. I don't know what what, what were they called that in Yuppie, mm -hmm. and he gets. Dolph Lundgren and his partner, who basically um, just tears him apart for who he is, and then, then they kind of bond, but they take on the young. It's a very dark film. There's a lot of twists. For your people who, you know, I know there's a lot of you out here who are easily triggered. There is rape in this film. There is torture. There is some disturbing, and disturbing things. Guys, what do you think the kill count is? No idea. All right, let's 55. Take, let's take some guesses. 55. 55 mm. for Dose Rich. Let's say, I don't know, I've never seen the movie, so I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. 40. All right. The Kill Count Showdown Little Tokyo is 58. Oh! So Dose Rich. Yeah, Dose Rich. I remember the kills well. Yeah, he goes to bed at night remembering the kills from Lundgren movies. That's how I, 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 I am, I am, uh... I have weird proclivities. <laughs> One of them is I love on-screen kills. 
if you didn't learn this from last week's episode, this is why I, where I met my wife by joking about they actually threw the baby on the fire, it wasn't because that's not horrific. Mm. It was horrific. This is it's why that they yeah. added one more. And we actually here's the first joke that I even sent. We were, we were sitting in an office, we were working. And I go, is that a, is that a full killer? Is that a half killer? <laughs> One person laughed. Yeah. We got married. This Everyone is why you're on saying. lists. This is why he's on a watch list. I'll definitely on a watch Whatever. Look, it's all fake. I have actually never seen a real kill that you I... You see how hyped up he gets with Bambi. I, I like the... Yeah, he pieces. watches Bambi just because he... Well, it's not... Yeah. It's got a kill count. It's got a kill true. count. That's true. One. One. Yeah. And it's, I remember that. And it's, and it's weird because Richard loves that one. He's you know he's like, oh, my kids are crying. By the way, Excellent. By the way I do like Bambi, <laughs> but not for anything other than the Twitter-pated scene. That's it. Everything else sucks. Hmm. Twitter-pated. Yeah, he's... Uh, that shit was funny. He's, he's still funny. He's seeing someone, everyone, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> guys, oh, man. I'm, 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 I'm more than taken. I'm oh, so taken. <laughs> well, we all know that the only reason Bambi survived all of that stuff in the beginning of the film is because Bambi had on a wool sweater. <laughs> no, <laughs> no from cliffhanger I'm just kidding oh <laughs> nice recall by the way by the way this sweater would have fucking worked you know I thought we said we were going to drive this you know what he lied he lied and uh, the sweater's coming back alright alright I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy movie Rich's de- death count one one <laughs> you win this round but I'm biding my time <laughs> All right, so 58-person kill count in this movie. Brandon Lee, and let's not forget, Tia Carrera is in this yes, movie. Yes, Tia Carrera. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know when this happened, and don't, uh, I don't take this as, like, some bad thing. But uh, I had no idea Tia Carrera was still around, and I had no idea that she does not play the type of role she does anymore because she got big, big. Mm. You see that new... Uh, that new movie in the the Filipino Easter movie. Right? I have not. There's a trailer for it. I can't remember what it's called. She's in it. She's playing like grandmother roles now. Mm-hmm. This so you know if you've seen Tia Career at this age, she was once a sex symbol and she was super hot. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, bikini in, scene in Wayne's World yeah, pops to mind yes. every time. I mean, like, very good looking woman. Yeah, and uh, uh, now she's playing older, larger Kathy Bates grandmother type roles. Yeah, yeah. Which hey man, that's nothing wrong. You age. I'm not, I, I, I don't look the way I used to. Well, fortunately for everyone out there. Yeah, I mean the last, uh, the last time that Price or that Toast Rich was in a uh, bikini, uh, looking good was was many many moons ago. So that's rough. I hate you. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. It's very true. <laughs> so, but all right. So, um, yeah. Showdown in Little Tokyo, Buddy Cop movie, The Lundgren, Brandon Lee, Tia Carrere, lots of uh, lots of martial arts stuff. Um, there is a little bit of trivia that I, I was reading that uh, Lundgren actually has the name of his karate style stitched into his jacket in the movie. Oh, that, that uh, was pretty cool. You know, and to throw this out here. Um, Lundgren and uh, uh, Brandon Lee are all doing those those things. Uh, mm-hmm. Lundgren actually is a uh, award-winning martial mm-hmm. artist. That's how he got noticed. So when he does a lot of this martial arts stuff in his movies, he's not faking. Yep. Yeah. A uh, little throwback to Punisher. Um, a little trivia of Punisher is that they were actually a lot of the martial arts scenes in Punisher were full contact. 
um, on Lundgren's basic basic request, I guess, like basically his request, um, so that it looked more real and honored the onset martial arts masters uh, yeah, I mean, whole deal. So you um, can actually find that. That's that's interesting trivia. Yeah, he's 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 good at it. He, you know, he. I found this by the way, doing research for this. I had no idea it existed, but apparently he did a full-on pilot for a TV show that never got picked up in the '90s that I would have watched with John Woo. Oh. And I went. John Woo wrote it, directed it, executive produced it, and I went deep on this because I watched the whole. Pilot. It was called Flight of the Doves. I actually know. I, I didn't see it though, but I also wasn't paying that hard attention and, and, for it. And, and for you guys that don't know that, John Liu has a dove scene. Has a dove scene in every film, even if he has to animate that dove. Yeah. But um, getting back to it's called Blackjack. You can find it on YouTube, and he does a lot of martial arts in that. And he actually looks Excellent. really good doing it. I actually kind of wish that show had gotten picked up. I wonder what would have happened if. Uh, Steven Seagal and Lundgren ran into each other. I think the Lundgren would destroy him. <laughs> Not so just I, because maybe he could take him uh, martial artist wise, but Lundgren seems like the type of guy, if he got his hands on you, he's just going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big boy. <laughs> All right. So what's, so that was number four. Let's move on to our number three in the, in the Lundgren category. Now, just a, a word here on this one. This is made for a whole family type of viewing. This is unlike the other two in, in, in that it's a PG-rated film. Um, it's a fantasy. It's definitely made for a young audience as well as adults that, that like fantasy action, but definitely not an R-rated film, but also uh, kind of it's pretty entertaining. And I have to put it in here because this was, you know, this was a fave as a kid and with Dose Rich as well. Because I did watch this movie when I was younger. And it's called Masters of the Universe. It's the He-Man uh, live action film with uh, Lundgren. Yeah, I, my, you know, He-Man was a little before my generation. It was my brother's favorite show. He had all the toys. So I, I got the hand-me-downs. I was really into it. And we used to watch this movie all the time. Uh, this is a great film for children I still think it's a great film for anybody um, but uh, you know it had a tremendous budget and I don't think the director captured how great some of the uh, uh, special effects and things were at the time but when you go back and rewatch this movie the special effects do hold up well I like uh, I mean for what it is at the time I think they still look good uh, I like um, uh, what's the hell's his name um, Frank Langella. Yeah, yeah. Langella is a great mm-hmm. villain. I mean, does it do something kind of Beastmaster 2-esque where it mm-hmm. takes it back to New York and yeah. goes back in time type stuff, and which I think kind of kills the mojo of the movie? Yeah, but I mean, that's the type of stuff that was happening at the time. Basically, the plot line of this is it's He-Man. If you're not familiar with He-Man, he's a guy who's a kind of doofus prince. He can say a uh, a catchy phrase with a sword and he turns into a muscle-bound freak show yes, to uh, save the world. Uh, and it's actually, and it's a lot like this. I have the power. Yes, I mean. That's it's, about as anticlimactic as you can get. Let me say, it's a, um, <laughs> but it was a good, it's, it's a fun, it is definitely a fun uh, 80s cheeseball fantasy action movie. It really is. Yeah, it's got the Lundgren in great physical shape too, so he's like Conan the Barbarian running around. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Conan for kids. I, and I honestly 
really, and, and I had just rewatched this one just recently because it's been, I hadn't seen these movies or this movie since I was a kid. But I forgot how much I like Chelsea Field. Like I've seen her in other movies too, and I found find her very attractive. Yeah, and, and she's kind of like it's hinted that she likes He Man in this movie. I don't know if you caught on to that. Uh, being older, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really see. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like jealous, and Courtney Cox is also in this movie before um, she before she was big in any way. Maybe that was back in her Dancing in the Dark days, of, you know, Bruce Springsteen kind of stuff, doing music videos, kind of t- you know era. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of a rivalry going on. Like, she's jealous of Courtney Cox's character. And, I don't know, Billy Barty is also in this, who I always think is charming. He always plays. He is a little person that always plays in these fantasy movies. He was in Willow. He was in, uh, well, obviously this. He was in Legend. He's been in a few different movies where he kind of plays the same types of characters. He's always funny. Yeah, he plays Uh, a really great... uh, He's like, he's like, um, ah, man, what's it? Don Rickles. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's got a Don Rickles type, a servant attitude, and he, he, uh, he's done it for years in movies, but yeah, he was always the, the token, older, wiser, whatever they would be called in the movie, dwarf, or... Yeah, there's, there's a scene in this film where Billy Barty comes out, and, you know, he is obviously from a different world, a different dimension. He is like a little wizard dwarf. Um, not a typical human face. I mean, he's obviously not a human. And he comes out, and he's like, yeah, they're going to, we need to hide from these guys. Let's put on disguises. And he's wearing, like, this woman's getup. And one of the characters that just sees him for the first time goes, what the hell are you? And he goes, see? <laughs> we need disguises. <laughs> you know, just hilarious. I don't know. It's pretty funny. He's like, we need disguises so nobody recognizes. <laughs> what the hell are you? See? I told you. So, yeah, I don't know. His humor always gets me. And he's funny in Legend especially. Oh, uh, he's, yeah, he's great. All of he's great in Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he steals the show when he's on screen. Yes. But, you know... Definitely uh, Skeletor's character, Frank Langella. He does a very good job. Obviously, you can tell he's in a costume. But at the time, it was really well made. I think they did a good job with Skeletor, the main villain, by the way. It's acted well. Uh, uh, Meg Foster. Mm-hmm. For, for you of those out there that... She plays Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn, who, um, you know, if, you, if you've watched the older films and stuff, she's in there. Uh, they live. She's been in a whole bunch of different things. Um, she's in this movie. Uh, that, you know, it's got a pretty good cast going for it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. J- James Tolkien, who plays the uh, the cop in this film, over the top, ridiculous, like he always is, uh, playing the tough guy. You know, law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which this is not the first time he's done that exact role, but he, you know. I don't know. I just I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It's definitely cheese, but it's but it's enjoyable cheese. Yeah, I mean, I watched this a ton when I was a kid. I actually was hoping for this to refresh my memory of it, simply because I was trying to watch it with my sons, but uh, you know things didn't quite work out where I've been able to watch it with them. But I know they'll love it. Um, this is like I said, this is a great action film to watch with your kids. And mm-hmm. already previewed that many times, but that's. And that shouldn't preclude it from a list. Like there, we've said this many times on this that there's different movies for different folks, and uh, this is one that was designed by He-Man was a toy line. Yeah. And everything after that 
was specifically to sell the toy line. And uh, so this was a movie to sell a toy. So this was for kids. And uh, this, I, I don't know, I as a kid, I watched this a lot, loved it all a lot. And uh, just because it didn't get the fan base like Willow did with adults, if your kid liked Willow, <clears throat> he'll like you, man. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fun film. And like I said, I just rewatched this about a week ago uh, in preparation uh, for this episode. Once again, I wasn't able to watch all the stuff I wanted to, as I was talking about in the beginning. But this was one of the ones I managed to fit in there. Um, very available to find. I think, where did I even see this? It was HBO Max. It's got some of this stuff. Um, I mean, you can find these movies. I think especially Dolph Lundgren's He means on HBO Max right yeah, now. Yeah, that's where I watched it. And it's also... I couldn't remember if I... But then again, my, and, my account's tied to Hulu, so I couldn't remember if I got to it on Hulu. And I don't know how they do this anymore, but... I mean, I don't know if these bins still exist at every one of them, but one of the Walmarts here still has a $5 bin. He-Man is always in the Masters $5 Masters of bin. the universe. So I'm just saying, you want to get a, a really cheap Blu-ray in the $5 Blu-ray bin at Walmart, know you're going to like it, He-Man is always there. That's right. Just do a little digging, it's always there. Yes. So, how to throw that in. As Dose Rich said, some people might be like, what the hell, but... It deserves to be on here. It's one of his better films. It was fun. It was like I've said a couple of times. It's it was uh, really good for family viewing, and it's just it's just a silly fantasy film that yeah. you just can't help but you know kind of enjoy while you're watching it. It's it's ridiculous in a good way. So um, yeah, so that's our number three, and we're going to move on to number two, which is Dark Angel, which was actually uh, under a different title at one point. I can't remember if it was here. I think it was the other way. I think it originally was called I Come in Peace here in Dark Angel Overseas. And now it's just Dark, Dark Angel. Yep. I did find this out uh, recently because we were doing a little research because we found out and apparently the film was designed to be called Dark Angel. Yeah. And they changed it to I Come in Peace in America because Dark Angel, um, I don't know. I don't know why they did. Mm -hmm. But now it's just called Dark Angel. So yeah, you might find an old copy that is called I Come in Peace. Um, this is my personal favorite uh, little funny movie. I, I, I keep finding myself watching this uh, every time I get an opportunity. Um, I found this uh, by accident. But basically, there is a scriptwriter named uh, David Cope, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's one of the highest grossing scriptwriters. His movies have made billions. This was his first script. You think he wrote it with another guy. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. This movie just works. It's really, really well written. It's a cool concept. It's well filmed. Is it low budget? Yeah, but uh, I mean, you can't help its budget. And the director knows how to take advantage of that. Um, uh, and also cover up the you know the flaws of having a low budget and uh, there's some really cool film techniques that I've seen in other things I don't know if they did it first or not but the idea of this movie uh, this uh, movie is that um, something falls from the sky while the guy is complaining about his CD player and blows up a bunch of Christmas trees he parks his car to see what it is and this freak show comes out and just keeps saying, I come in peace, as he horribly murders I come in peace. And uh, <laughs> basically, uh, simultaneously, Dolph Lundgren and his partner 
are investigating uh, some guys who, I don't want to ruin too much, but they pull off something super crazy in the beginning. Um, and uh, they are then meeting with these uh, guys who uh, know that his partner is an undercover cop. One guy gets distracted. Um, his cop gets, his, his, his buddy gets murdered. And then the alien comes in and murders all these dudes and steals their heroin. Uh, the FBI gets called in. The FBI agent, who's a pretty funny little guy, he's a weird little strange, super narcissistic dirtbag, starts working with Lundgren's character, and uh, the two of them start investigating, they eventually figure out it's an alien, and then another alien comes in, uh, at some point, and I don't want to ruin too much, but basically the gist of it is, is that the first alien is using heroin to give people overdoses where they get the right amount of endorphins that he can suck out of their brain so that he can sell that on the black market. And uh, shit gets crazy. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, cliches to action films turned on its head in here. I don't want to ruin anything, but uh, basically almost every cliche is in this movie, but done in a way you'll never see in another movie. Or if you do see it, it might have copied it from this movie, or someone might have, but you don't see it too often, so you really actually don't know what to expect from beginning to end. It's well filmed, uh, it's really well acted, uh, it's a cool concept, and there's a shit ton of explosions. Uh, these alien weapons, when they blow stuff up, they blow stuff up. So you're gonna see a lot of cars explode, a lot of people explode, there's just a lot of explosions. Yes, and there's no wool sweater. So, <laughs> All <laughs> well, they'd all survive if they had a sweater. No, they all true. survive. No, but, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the kill count, shall we? Guesses. Uh, guesses. 36. All right. Uh, don't you look? Don't you I look? Oh, yeah. She goes, uh, I, I wasn't looking. Let's see. I'm going to say 42. That's coming out to me. Okay. Kill count. Uh, according to my sources here, I need to still get your sources because there is an actual unconfirmed and uncounted possible killer. Well, there's a right, lot of explosions. Yes, here. you don't always see the death. As of right now, though, the final tally thirty. It's close. Damn. With as I can read here, Talik knocked down by a, a skinny police officer in the store. But it remains uncertain what happened to him later on. <laughs> so there is a possibility that that person was dead or killed later. I don't like this game. But, <laughs> yes. So final tally, 30. So you, once again, you're the closest. I will always be the closest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good, uh, I said I got to change up my strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, this is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, is it hyper-violent as some of these others? No. There's actually a really, like I said, a really good plot here. I don't think the plot is ridiculous. I think it's actually really cool. Uh, the way it comes out is interesting. And uh, why they all do what they do, unlike most action movies, actually makes sense. And one death in particular is fucking awesome, which is one of the aliens dies in a way that is just badass. It is just really cool. 
it still looks really cool. I can confirm this because I just lost, watched this last week, and uh, yeah, great. Yeah. This is a this is this is a movie's got some of the best one-liners. This is one of the ones that, that yeah. This is one of the ones that I need to watch. Um, I still did a little research on kill counts and stuff because that's gonna haven't been doing. I should have done this with with Arnold to be honest. Yeah, and it's and and Stallone as well. Especially Stallone because he tries to have the highest. Kill yes, count. yes. But I think one of his movies still does have the highest. Kill count. Well, isn't it Rambo two or three? Rambo three at the highest. Kill yeah, count? I think he talked with Rambo. Rambo, which we did. Yeah, so I'm gonna start kind of keeping track of that. Something we haven't done, and I may even come back and revisit the list um, of Stallone and Schwarzenegger on their kill counts because this is something I've been kind of looking at. But I did do some research on kill counts that I still have yet to see this movie. I do know that I want to. I found where to watch it and I just need to pull the trigger and, and I have the time to do so. And do it. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm very interested. I saw the trailer. It looks awesome. The whole I come in peace thing. <laughs> It's, it's pretty nuts um, from what I could see from, like I said, old trailers and just a few video clips of, of the movie itself. And the best one-liner in the film, just to throw it out here, it's very hard to hear, so I'm going to tell you, because I literally was unable to tell what is being said the first two times I watched it, because I watched it on VHS, but because I just watched it, I was able to turn on the subtitles and actually hear it. Um, there's a scene where the little FBI agent and Dolph Lundgren are trying to get out of town, and he hands him a coat. He goes, this actually fits. I and mean, I can never hear what Lundgren says, because his back's turned. But what he says is, it's because I bought it when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great one. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, uh, I thought that shit was late, because I bought it when I was 12. Well... Great, great movie. This is a really underrated, awesome action flick. And to be honest, I think the storyline is cool enough that uh, I think had this been a bigger star, this would have been one of those movies that was a television series for a while. This would have been something that ran on sci-fi for a while. They probably would have had Dolph Lundgren characters come back, played by some German dude who had no idea who he was. And he hooks up with uh, one of the enforcement agent aliens to stop the drug running on on Earth. Guaranteed, this would have happened had this been a movie with like Arnold. Oh yeah, oh so. yeah. Well, all right. So let's move on to our number one, Dark Angel. And like I said, this is something I am going to visit. It does look cool. And uh, thirty people die in it. So depending on uh, whether that's your thing or not. You know, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and just to out here, if that is your thing, this has action kills and gore movie kills because the dude that kills these people to harvest their brain matter is fucking sadistic. He, uh, let's just say he does it in a really interesting way. Well, we can't really go too far down that rabbit hole without... No, I don't want to ruin it. No, I don't want to ruin it. Just letting you know, if you're kind of got like the horror action vibe, this would fit. All right. Well, then let's move on. Now... Here's the, here's where we're at with this number one. And, and by the way, it is Universal Soldier, but we've talked about it. And we've decided that it's okay to do this. This is, I think, more of Jean-Claude Van Damme's movie. Yeah, you got Top Billy. He's the main character. But 
I do think that Lundgren made this movie as well, and without his presence in this, it would have been a different movie. Uh, I think that, yeah, this is one of those few times that I think the supporting character actually gets just the same amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. I really liked this movie. Uh, this is one that I saw when I was younger. I've seen Universal Soldier many times. Uh, two rival soldiers in Vietnam, I believe. It's been so long. Yep, that Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam die in action and are pretty much brought back uh, as super soldiers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start to slowly remember their past lives, at least, you know, in, in certain ways or another, Jean-Claude Van Damme being more human than Lundgren in the brain. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and this isn't, mm-hmm. you'll find out, this is not some sort of effect of, of uh, the research or things done to them. Uh, this is right in the beginning of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. They killed each other. Yeah. Uh, Lundgren goes crazy in Vietnam. He takes pleasure in horribly murdering villagers and raping and pillaging. And Jean-Claude tries to stop him, and they killed each other in Vietnam. So when they start to have memories about why they died, that rivalry is not... It's pretty easy to resurrect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> truly hate each other. No, it, it was kind of a cool. Now I've heard people compare this to RoboCop too, but I think it's a different type of film. Um, yes, it kind of follows that same line of oh, death, resurrection through cybernetic, you know, uh, reconstruction. Slowly remembering who you are. Blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, so it has a similar plot line that the movie itself is much different. I really enjoyed it. Um, some really cool action scenes. Uh, you know, you've got Van Damme and Lundgren in the same movie together. There's going to be some crazy fight scenes. And there was. <laughs> so, and, and there was just a lot of great stunt work. This actually opens up with some stunts that really hadn't been seen yet with guys coming down off of Hoover Dam mm-hmm. and the way they did it. It was a... Uh, this was a top of the line action film, unlike the rest of these lists. This is one of the, this is probably the biggest movie Lundgren is ever in. Uh, and for all of you guys who hate him, I love him, so I don't care. He made popcorn action flicks, he admits that. Roland Emmerich, uh, who's made a lot of great action films, knows how to make a great action popcorn movie. And so he knows how to uh, basically crowd please. This is a crowd pleaser. You're going to like this movie. I mean, it's funny. At times, it's hyper violent at times, uh-huh. and uh, when it, but it's not always. You know, he doesn't. Uh, it's not super gritty, uh, which you know can turn off some people in action films. But it's also not super stylistic. It, it knows which scenes need to be what. It did so, have some grit in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah so bit, like when yeah. uh, when Lundgren's soldiers turn on the guys in the van, that's gritty. Mm-hmm. Eyes popping, brains getting. But like when guys the farm, are, the farm mm-hmm. showdown, the yeah. fight, and the rain, and the you know yeah, there's. Yeah. There's some cool gritty scenes there, but I get what he's saying. He's also really stylized. Yeah, yeah. Like running down the dam yeah. and the, the blowing up of the gas station, and you know, and the entire shootout at the hotel is ridiculous. Yes. So, uh, but basically, the premise of this movie is they the the Universal Soldier program comes into a hostage situation in Hoover Dam. It reveals itself to the general public. Uh, not because uh, for you know just they don't know that they're dead, dead soldiers they just kind of reveal themselves so this lady there's a reporter is interested uh, at some point I don't want to ruin too much of the plot she hooks up with Jean-Claude in a kind of road film mm-hmm. and Lundgren takes over uh, from the commander uh, this van the cybernetic van with all the other soldiers and chases them down 
Yeah. Um, and that's it. It's a road action film. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of explosions. There's a lot of fun. And um, a lot, yeah, a lot of cool fight scenes. Yeah. And you know, Jean Claude, uh, you know, if you hate his guts and you only like London, which is a really weird thing, but there might be some of those guys out there. You don't watch this movie because yeah. he's going to be in it a lot. He is the main character. Uh, but uh, I think they do a really good job um, capturing the two different elements of action films where uh, Lundgren kind of takes on the stoic, uh, you know, Terminator type role and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. Jean-Claude takes on the uh, likable can he do it. And uh, that's basically what it is. Yeah, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I think it deserves to be squarely at number one where it's at. Now, let's do a kill count guess. The guesstimate. 49. Okay. Um, Are you looking at my reflection in my glass? (laughs) 33. Negative. It's 52. Son of a bitch! Think... I think he's looking at the reflection <laughs> of my screen. I've seen these movies. <laughs> I'm like on screen dead. I can eat on screen. Well, you got the six or seven terrorists. You got the hotel action scene. You got the team mm-hmm. itself. You got the van kills. That is true. I've never off. seen any of these. All right. And the unconfirmed and uncounted, a police car three. drives off the cliff. No, no, not three. Just one. Police car drives off the cliff during the desert chase scene, but none of its occupants were shown to have died. Pretty sure they did. Possibly. But at the same time, though, so yes, the people been in the grocery people. store that Lundgren executes, we're pretty sure they're dead. You see their brains. <laughs> yeah. You see brain. When you see brain, you know they're dead. This, what I'm looking at now, has a complete breakdown, but I can't read through the entire breakdown. Um, without uh, spoiling the movie, so I won't. I will say, but, you know, this uh, this actually is a kind of a heady action film, too. I mean, it's not like, don't get me wrong, it's not like a Blade Runner or something, but if you want a kind of an anti-war, anti-tech, interesting sci-fi action film, I think this has more going for it than people remember. This is actually, it spawned a whole franchise. Um, a lot of the franchise movies are terrible. Some are actually very, very good. Um, but... Uh, you know that I, I think that this movie is one that uh, a lot of young people out there that uh, are younger than old, you know, middle-aged like us <laughs> should revive. Check it out. Yeah, this yeah. is one that you're not going to be like, "What are these old men smoking?" This is going to be one where you're like, "Yeah, this was fun." Yeah, this was cool. Yeah, you know. Um, Don't bring back Universal Soldier Three. In fact, Universal Soldier Three is so bad that Jean Claude Van Damme got production rights to make two sequels that replace it. The only cool thing about that is the strip club scene because it's like a 20 minute strip club scene for mm-hmm. no reason other than to see tits and a cool band. That's right. And I won't tell you what the cool band is but there is actually a cool band on stage at the strip Alright. Well. It starts with an N. The strip the club? The band. Oh, that's it's got a strip club. Angry, an angry yeah, band. Yeah, I, I think it was Mama's it. Palace or something. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But let's do the nuke. <laughs> no, it's uh, marmalade nuclear. No, I don't. Know. Uh, You're gonna say marmalade. Not the clues you never would need. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna play that guessing game. But I'll tell you. I'll make it if. Oh, I should have known. 
Guys, it's been a minute. Of course, I did watch Universal Soldier enough times where I probably should remember that. You're, I don't know if you watched Universal Soldier 3 enough times. I'm talking about 3, right? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I was going to say, I was trying to remember. Yeah, you're right. Number 3. Actually, I've never seen number 3. Good. So there you go. So that's three, why I was thinking 1 for some reason. is the worst rating yeah. ever. Okay, so you guys know it's the side where we brought it up or whatever they are. Somehow, without any explanation at all, which by 3, he is a flesh and blood man again. Which universe? That's weird, by the way. He's terrible. Which Universal Soldier did uh, the original director come back for? Was it two? No, I think the sequel was so bad he came back to do another, didn't he? I remember reading something about that. I don't know if Roland Emmerich did. Anything. I think he did. I think he did one more. Was it the? Let me. I'll look right now. Now that we have it up. Might have been an original writer. I don't know about because Roland Emmerich. How did he do another Universal Soldier? If he did. I, I just I'm the TV curious. show's bad but fun. Two's okay, but not great. I'm curious. Three's terrible. I know that he did something with it again. I just can't remember. But uh, well, while you're looking that up, the, okay. So we're doing Lundgren. Let's do some special mentions here. Um, uh, let's see. Mm, special mention. Well, here's one. Oh, there we go. He plays an absolutely insane uh, priest and Johnny Mnemonic. Did you ever yes. see that? I have seen yeah, that. Yeah, he was a cyber, once again, a cybernetic type of deal that's wandering the, <laughs> the futuristic wasteland that is the time period of Johnny Mnemonic. I actually really like that uh, portrayal because, yeah, he's insane in that movie. And beastly and kind of crazy dressed up as a monk slash priest who will kill you with a very large knife. I will choose Skin Trade. It's Skin a Tony Jaw movie. It's also got Michael J. White, Peter Weller. It's got Ron Perlman. I don't really like the cinematography in the film, so I didn't push that in the top five. But the action's fantastic. The story's pretty good. Uh, it's well done. It's super fun. And uh, it's your traditional... East cop meets West cop with a different type of flip side, like a little flip on the story, which is uh, London's entire family is horribly murdered in front of him. He breaks out of the hospital to go to Thailand to kill everyone, and Tony Jaa thinks he's the bad guy until he realizes he's not, and then they team up to kill everyone. <coughs> Does that ruin it? No, because that's the way all action films work. Everybody dies. Yes. Body count and skin trade, I'm going to say is like... Skin trade, I don't have. Mm. I don't have up, so... Never mind. What? Pretty high. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, high. Remember, I, I was researching the movies we were No, is, is it great? No. I mm-hmm. actually think if you watch a movie like Skin Trade and then go back and watch these classics, even if you like Skin Trade better, you'll see what we talk about when we say certain elements of filmmaking have been lost and why we prefer the originals. Uh... Skin Trade takes place all over the world, and you could honestly think it was literally filmed in my backyard, because never do you get to see scenery. Like, there's one scene where they're running through Bangkok where you see part of Bangkok. Never is there an establishing shot of, hey, we're on location here. Hey, you might want to see this cool thing. Hey, let's run over this. No, it's always like, Let's get in this tiny corridor and watch people beat this shit. <laughs> Which is like the way everything's filmed now. Never do you, like, everything is literally like, hey, let's just film it straight on. Whereas, like, if you go watch Showdown Little Tokyo, they are like, hey, let's get on the ground and film this shot. 
from an angle looking up at them because it'll look too weird. Like they don't, people don't do that anymore. So I don't know which one you prefer, but you'll definitely see the difference in action film. Mm -hmm. Find it good. No, uh, maybe I was wrong. I could have sworn. <clears throat> I actually could have sworn that he did. I, maybe he just produced it. He probably I, produced. Yeah, I don't know. It was just something I saw. This well, is I, not I, recent. I bet you Roland Emmerich and Jean Claude Van Damme to produce the last. <clears throat> Which, by the way, the last two uh, um, are fantastic movies. And uh, you know, while I want to say, because and I'll probably bring it up again. Um, they're incredibly gory, they're incredibly gritty, and uh, really well shot. So even though they were straight to video in the United States, uh, and limited release all throughout Europe, um, I would definitely watch them. I would definitely watch the last two Universal Soldier movies. Skip two and three. And yeah, and I just three. watched that last one with you. Mm -hmm. That was and, the last one. Yeah, and that was, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Super yeah. violent. Yeah, we got the yeah. NC-17 Canadian cut. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why, but uh, it had one. But, um, yeah, old Lundgren, we are officially done. He's still looking, so I'm going to do, I guess, a movie joke. Yes, what let's do hear old pirated movies and Abraham Lincoln have in common? What's that? They were both shot in theaters. Oh, <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you gotta have them. You gotta have these jokes. That was good. That was by good. the way, for you guys don't get it, we used to pirate movies by taking handy cams into the theater and filming them. We didn't have digital. Yeah, not us specifically. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were too young. We yeah, too but young. in our time period. In our time period, many yeah. people had these handy cam movies. Or our day, back yes. in our day, yes. you should say. Back in our day. Mm -hmm. You can still find websites, but you may get a virus. In fact, there's an entire Seinfeld episode about this where Seinfeld is, he ends up being uh, forced to do it by a little angry man. It turns out Seinfeld's like the, I don't know, well, who's the best director out there? It's the Steven Spielberg of pirating films and they won't let him stop. You remember that episode? Mm -hmm. Love that episode. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I watched it. It was... So yeah, and Seinfeld gets totally into it. Yeah, he gets in there because he's, he's so like, good he's like I, I'm on a frame, <laughs> and he's just got a camcorder. It was pretty funny, I, I have to admit. <clears throat> All right, well, forget this other stuff. Um, oh, wait a minute. So here's where I messed up. Uh, he did not, so I was wrong. I was looking at, I was thinking of an entirely different film series. I was thinking of the Independence Day. Ah, he yes, came well, back okay. resurgent. I saw that's what I knew it was something, and I was just trying to go off a of memory from a long from a while back. So, but it was not Universal Soldier. It was uh, uh, Independence Day Resurgence, which, by the way, I don't think did too well. So. Speaking of that, you know, I want to throw this out here just because Roland Emmerich's not going to get brought up too much, probably. In our, but we do know a lot about uh, these types of movies because we are not your typical film buffs. We don't just watch the you know. It plays well with the girls type movies. Um, Moonfall. Definitely check it out if you get a chance. If you see it at a dollar theater in your neighborhood or you have a big screen. I just want to watch it because from what I hear, from my looking through on the internet, uh, that is, he, Roland Emmerich is the ultimate popcorn director. His movies are guaranteed to make money for just popcorn blockbusters that have nothing to do with properties or anything. And they are tired of them flopping. Moonfall flops so hard that the movie studio directors themselves have said, you people are tired of popcorn films, we're never going to make another one. Mm -hmm. So the last just giant, no no reason other than just to be fun, 
and have a date night in the theater type blockbuster films are done. The last one's Moonfall. So give it a watch and see The Last of a Dying Breed. I saw it in the theater for my birthday because I was hearing these rumors and I'm a big film buff and I like to do stuff like that. And so I can say I saw the last popcorn one in the theater. And actually, it was better than I thought. Uh, one of us here is madly in love with the actor who plays him. And uh, who's that guy from Insidious and all that? Uh, oh, uh, Patrick Wilson? Yes, Patrick <laughs> Wilson's in this movie. I do not like Patrick Wilson as an actor. You know what? I love Patrick Wilson. Well, now you know. Which one? I was kind of keeping secret. You know, in this day and age, you never really know. But uh, (laughs) but, uh, Patrick Wilson, um, I don't actually like him. I thought he actually pulled off the action star well. I actually was shocked. Uh, I didn't think he could pull off action star. It worked. The story was cool. Uh, It was very comic booky from like 80s, just cheese comics. The idea is the moon is a crazy entity with something in it. Uh, you don't find out if it's good or bad. I mean, everything happens in this movie. Even at some point, the moon gets so close to the Earth, you can jump from the moon to the Earth. And I guess I looked this up. Mathematically, it is true. At the epicenter, those people wouldn't get fucked. So when you watch these people survive that way, keep in mind that apparently, like, a billion people in China died because that's the way gravity works. But it's cool because the two main characters did. (laughs) But uh, it's crazy. It's awesome looking. It's just super fun. And it'll be the last one that's ever made. That's right. Instead, they're going to make billion-dollar Lord of the Rings shows based off of the fact that it just has the name Lord of the Rings in it instead of spending $500 million or whatever it costs with inflation to make just a crazy, kooky idea. And, I, you know, that's going to be uh, sad. I'll miss those. Mm-hmm. I like going to movies that you just watched because you saw the trailer and went, that looks ridiculous. I want to watch popcorn and watch that. I mean, eat popcorn and watch mm-hmm. that. That's why it was called the Popcorn Blockbuster. And uh, the last one is... Uh, Last one's done. Roland Emmerich. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen to Roland Emmerich. That's all he did. Except for that weird, weird horror movie. You ever see his weird-ass, goofy horror movie? Uh, what was that called? It's like a German film. I actually really liked it. It's got the little ghosts in the kids' room. It's like a German poltergeist. Oh, shoot. Yeah, don't, you know, yeah I like not that. Not the No, no. This is old, old. This is before Roland Emmerich came. This is like the 80s, man. Um, oh, I know. It's like his only non-blockbuster film. And I liked it. I'm gonna look. I was still thinking of Patrick Wilson for some reason. Oh yeah. no, yeah, no, no. We're not big fans of Patrick Wilson here, except for one particular person. Yeah, that's my husband. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, Joey. Joey. Oh man. Oh, I guess it was called Making Contact. Uh, this thing. We gotta watch that if you've never seen it. Yeah, 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 it is yeah. cool. It's some weird <clears throat> techno horror fantasy films. It says here. It's cool. I don't know. I, I really like Joey. It's like. Ghostbusters meets a kid in his room building his own equipment to fight a ventriloquist doll named Fletcher who's possessed yes. by a demon. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I'll, I just remember Fletcher. It's freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Shit gets real. And I remember being like... I mean, obviously I'd already seen Roland Emmerich movies by the time I found this movie. And it was one of those, I just got it because I was like, this cool's cool. It was fucking cool. Well, I'll tell you this. I think we should just rewatch it anyway. I do know the movie now. Um, I have seen it. Yeah. That would be cool just to revisit or try to buy, track it down. I'm yeah. trying to, like I've said before when we were doing our horror list, I've been trying to collect again. And that might uh, be one that makes it to my shelf. Yeah, and so, by the way, that'll be, uh, and I'm just going to throw this out here because we're never going to probably talk about Roland Emmerich again. Stargate was a good movie. You can all kiss my ass. Mm-hmm. Everyone hates that movie. <laughs> 
wasn't a bad movie. I liked it. I I, actually, I'm not going to say yeah. it was my favorite, but I didn't dislike it. I, I saw it. Yeah, everyone says it's so terrible. They put it on the worst of ever list. Mm-hmm. You know, and my issue is I get the second half of the movie is not as good as the first half. But here's my issue. And this is, I'm sorry, I love Roger, but he said this thing that drives me nuts, which he goes, why would an alien who could travel through space and keep himself alive keep slaves? Like, if, like he says the movie's stupid because that. No, man. The dude's got nothing better to do because he's immortal. He wants to be worshipped as a god. How do you keep people thinking you're a god and keep them super primitive? He only shows up just to be worshipped. He doesn't give a shit about the medals. He already has a giant ship. He probably throws those medals in the trash can. He just wants to show up to collect the medals to be like, bitches, I'm wrong. I showed up. Suck it. I'm fucking god. I'm fucking god. Alright. Picking on a dead man. That's right. Actually, he's my favorite critic, so I will. But he really fucked up that one. Just like he fucked up Legend. He also said Legend was terrible. Legend was great. Well, I, where Stargate fell off the map for me is when I found out that James Spader would not be having sex with amputee women. So I decided the movie was not for me. <laughs> and Jeff. Like secretary right? <laughs> No, no, I, uh, Crash. Crash. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was one of those. Yeah. Uh, the secretary Sorry. was the S&M. Movie. If uh, you guys have not seen Crash, I've spoiled some of what happens there, but... Uh, Oh well. <laughs> I just put this out here. The only thing I dislike about Stargate, and it's really the only thing, is I never say that. Why does James Spader always look like he's spitting on himself in that movie? His whole fucking face is always wet. I don't know. He looks like he's like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. He's yeah. moist. Yeah, he's moist. He's, he's very moist. moist yeah. yeah, he's really gross looking. He's a very moist kind <laughs> in of that movie, like interdimensional travel. Yeah, in every other movie, he mm-hmm. does not have that problem. It's like that one movie he was spraying himself with Bianca the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he was anticipating a amputee sex scene. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know I think people would like it because it was so fucking dark. Like, uh, Kurt Russell only goes on the mission because he wants the alien to kill him. Yeah. He literally, because his son shot himself. You don't usually see that in blockbusters. I liked how dark that movie was. That movie was fucking dark. By the way, we should do Kurt Russell soon. Yes, All Kurt right. Russell will be making it to the list. I love Kurt Russell. All right, well, are we going to jump to Lambert? Yes, Lambert. Lambert. Oh, Lambert. I don't know. You know what? Someone convinced me. That's how it's pronounced. But, uh, I've so. always said Lambert. Then you I got know. me thinking Lambert, so I've been it's, saying it both times. You know, there's, it's a, guy, Lambert, there's a guy we know who lives in Texas. Next time I say we'll kick the shit out because he's the one who told me it was Lambert. Mm. If you listen to this podcast, he has a certain uh, career of messages. Yes. Yes, I know who this is. But. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our Christopher Lambert list. Which clearly Punisher would have been number one, but he broke his ankle. I don't know about it. I, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been. Yes. Well, it, it probably would have done better, and then Mark Goldblatt could have made more movies. Like yeah. Dead Heat 2. Dead Heat. He's going to be stuck on Dead Heat. Although Dead Heat was fun. But anyway, let's move on to Christ, Christopher Lambert's first on our list. All right. Which we or number five, five I should say. Which is our first in the list of five that we're going to, you know, hit here is The Gunman. Gunman. So, Gunman. Uh, you know, I. This is gonna be one of those ones on the list that for. Uh, throughout, we're gonna probably bring this up a lot. I brought this up with Judge Dredd, so I'm gonna bring it up with this one. This movie apparently had a hardcore cut. Uh, I don't know if it was NC 17 or not because it was made in Australia. And in Australia, their way their board does stuff is differently. But it was originally rated MA for extreme violence. 
then it eventually got the rating for mild violence. And, you know, I think that this movie would be a huge cult classic if they kept the extreme violence. Um, you can see when it's being filmed that there was shots that they edited out where people clearly were going to get fucked up. And I think the whole tone of the film would be way better with the extreme violence. Not just because I'm a lover of violence, but I'm going to explain the tone of the movie, which might excite you or might you might hate it. But basically, this is a 90s... Not retelling, not rehash, kind of an homage to Good, Bad, and the Ugly. This is made by people who really want you to get some jokes and get some some references, even straight scenes from the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is... The concept of this movie is uh, Christopher Lambert's The Good. I mean, sorry, it's the, um, and uh, Dennis Leary. No, sorry. Mario Van Peebles is The Good. Yeah, uh, Dennis Leary. Big difference. Yeah, Dennis Leary <laughs> is The Bad, and Christopher Lambert is The Ugly. Like, the idea of this film opens up with um, Patrick Stewart is a massive drug lord. And some, his wife has betrayed him. He's burying her alive. And he tells Dennis Larry to get his money back. Uh, it's a shit ton of money even now if you hear the number. But you know, I always like to think, hey, what is it worth at the time the movie was made? And so I looked it up and it's an astronomical amount of money when the movie was made. Well over a billion dollars basically. Cash is just floating around. Um, Martin Van Peebles is a mercenary who's working for the DEA uh, and uh, Christopher Lambert at the start of this movie is locked up in a prison Mario Van Peebles rolls up busts him out and uh, turns out Lambert's brother is uh, murdered by Dennis Leary very early in the film in a scene exactly like when Angel Eyes uh, murders uh, a person at the beginning of Good, Bad, and the Ugly in front of his kids and everything and um Basically, that is Lambert's brother, and Mario Van Peebles and Lambert have a, the same exact relationship from Good, Bad, and Ugly that Clint Eastwood has with uh, Tuco, and uh, they go through the jungle. There's lots of great jokes. There's lots of movie jokes, like uh, they reuse one of those weird sound effects that's in every jungle movie, and Mario Van Peebles makes fun of that, where he literally stops and just like like almost breaks the fourth wall. What the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. That's like in every movie. Like, what the fuck? Do I have to stop? It? Just little jokes like that. Uh, it's really well filmed. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. Patrick Stewart's great in the role he's in. Uh, Dennis Leary's pretty good. The twist at the end's great. The jokes are great, especially when it's revealed that Christopher Lambert can't even read. Mm -hmm. They need him for critical things. Like starting the boat when they're under attack, and he's like ignition. So he's like describing what ignition would look like. Where he's like, it's it's fun. It's amusing. They they play it really well. Um, this is one of those action films where I like the fact that Christopher Lambert's doesn't come off kind of strange. If you watch a lot of his movies, well, a lot of people don't know this about him. He he cannot wear um, he cannot wear um, contact lenses. Uh, the contact lenses don't do anything for what he needs glasses for. He has an extreme form of uh, nearsightedness. So basically, anytime you see Christopher Lambert, he's blind when he's acting. He's literally blind. He cannot see what the fuck is going on unless it's way across the room, which is why sometimes he's kind of strange in the way he shoots stuff, which I think lends some of his movies a really cool air, but overall, 
This is one of those action films because Mario Van Peebles is the badass and he's supposed to be just a goofy weirdo that his his weird head movements, his strangeness comes off uh, awesome. Uh, it, it comes off like he's he's literally like it adds to the role because he is this goofy, illiterate dirtbag who's just betraying everyone left and right. Um, and uh, this this movie's shot on location in the jungles of somewhere. Uh, and then throughout Mexico, I think it probably is. It looks great. There's awesome sequences, like when Patrick Stewart attempts to kill uh, someone who betrays him. There's a weird, like, uh, what's the guy called with the monkey? Um, oh, you know, you mean like for the, yeah, they yeah, the, the little music, music box? Yeah, like I they, don't know. There's like the Mexican version of that, mm-hmm. who like gets himself close to all these mercenaries and murders them with knives, which, by the way, you'll recognize one of the screams in there. Because uh, it's in every movie, it's called the Wilhelm scream. It's like 400 movies at Star. Yes. and uh, can hear it in uh, uh, Star Wars too. Yeah, 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 all three Star Wars movies. There's a specific yeah. scream uh, that's used like because uh, it's cheap to use. Probably it's used in, like 400 movies. Um, the, the knife kill has that scream. I just I don't know. He's like he's murdering people with knives. There's uh, there's betrayals. People are buried alive. Uh, great jokes. Great jokes. Patrick Stewart's death scene is fantastic. Uh, you know, he's this despicable drug lord who thinks at the end he can just, like, start praying. So he starts doing the Our Father, and halfway through he forgets the fucking words, so he starts freaking out because his soul might not get saved. So he's literally in the grave just screaming, Oh, shit! Oh, shit! What the Because he's going to die before he can get forgiven. This is a weird, goofy sense of humor, you know? Uh, and it... You know, it takes some scenes and plays them up. There's the scene in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly where uh, Tuco is trying to save Clint Eastwood only so he can get the location of the treasure. This is the same thing with Christopher Lambert and Marvel Van Peebles. Except for it ends with Marvel Van Peebles talking about I probably could have got you to suck my cock, which is a great, just, great lines like that. But uh, it's really well filmed. It's surprisingly very funny. And I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know why this movie never took off. I don't know if it didn't get a full release. I don't know if maybe the studio didn't like the cut ever and didn't know who to market it to. So I really do wish we could see the, what I guess would be the NC-17 cut with the hyper violence, because I do think it would fit the tone of the film, contrasting the, the violence with the humor. But uh, it's a great movie. It's I'm really sure it can be found somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, Mario Van Peebles is a pretty good actor. I mean, the acting's actually really good in this movie. I mean, Dennis Leary's a good actor. For what he is, Patrick Stewart's a great actor. He's a little bit of a ranter, and this works well because in this he does not talk much. He is, he is angelized from. He only really just brings up to people the horrible things he's going to do, and throughout the movie, horribly murders everyone on his team through mm-hmm. frustration, which is slightly amusing. Which also, though, some of the kills with the cutaways are kind of what it would look like with the NC-17 cut. But great movie, really enjoyed it. Uh, I find this movie very fun, and uh, I think anyone who watches it will. And there's some really, really cool scenes. There is a scene in the rain where one DE agent betrays another, and uh, it is actually one of the better filmed rain scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I don't know if the director went on to do bigger, better things, but if he did, he had the talent if he didn't. So I hope he did, because that rain scene is fucking awesome. Now let me ask this. It is a Lambert movie. Was there a love scene? This is a fact. And my wife watched this movie with me the first time I watched it. 
and her exact words were, what's up with all the sweat? <laughs> it's a very sweaty, yeah. very sweaty love scene. It's actually a pretty hilarious love scene because the idea of it is, Manuel has just got out of prison, so what's the first thing you do? Go to a whorehouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he pays for this chick, and she wants to rock his world, and he clearly has finished, and she is just going crazy, even though he's probably limp. So he's literally just sitting there laughing at how ridiculous her orgasm is. Uh, and it's actually very comedic. Is it showgirls-style comedic orgasm? or Maybe even more so. You think so? Even worse than the pool scene? Well, unintentionally comedic mm. and comedic mm. are two different things. So mm. same laugh level, but they're going for it. In this yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean... It's a pretty funny scene. It's, it's pretty amusing, but it is incredibly sweaty. It might actually be, if we were to get in some weird bar topic of five sweatiest movies, I might label Gunman, because it is very sweaty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they sprayed her with like some sort of gel. I remember it was that hot, because they were on location in like 116 degree Mexico. Well, I remember his Highlander 3 love scene being pretty sweaty. This seems to be a uh, kind of a common thing for Lambert, but uh, I don't know. Which also stars Mario Van Beeson. Yeah. So maybe and it's a he thing also between. got his own love scene in that movie. Ooh. You remember that? He mm-hmm. grabs the condom and chews it and then goes, what the hell is this? And throws it away. Interesting. <laughs> no, remember, I don't remember because I've never seen Gunman. Oh, I was talking about the Highlander oh, 3. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Gun, Highlander yeah. 3. Highlander 3, I do, that's right, he does. He's like he's that not, warlord. She's well, like, he's, not even, he's, he's, like, not, he's not even from the dimension, that's right. Yeah, it's Endgame, like, right? I believe. Uh, it was originally called Endgame, but I've heard mm-hmm. that it's been renamed Sorcerer. No, I do, I do remember, because remember, I haven't seen Highlander 3 since I was a teenager, and never have never rewatched it. I do remember, though, specifically, the visibility of Bush... <laughs> that's the one thing that stands out in my mind and a lot of Christopher Lambert's uh, all kissing all over her body mm-hmm. and it being somewhat sweaty and wet not mm-hmm. as sweaty as this movie mm-hmm. by the way you know we actually we, I, I, um, we said we were going to throw out some Lundgren uh, you know what is it, uh, special mentions I think we'll do it at the very end because we didn't do it with some Lambert special mentions for some sweaty, some sweaty yes, love scenes. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes, yes. But, uh, I think we're done talking about. Yeah, time. let's move on because we're gonna start running out of time around the on the back end of the episode. So, number four, The Hunted. Now, this is another movie of Lambert's that I haven't seen in a long, long time. But I do remember it struck me as a really cool movie when I saw it. When I did, I was younger. Uh, once again, just a little disclaimer on what I'm, you know, about the, these discussions. I just did not have the time with everything going on to go back and review some of these. But I have seen this movie. This was a very cool film. I can't challenge you. I haven't even seen yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's a guilty pleasure type of movie. It's like a samurai, uh, you know, guilty pleasure kind of thing. An American businessman goes overseas to Japan, ends up seeing a murder. I'm not going to say too much so you know, it doesn't give away everything, but he witnesses a murder with a woman that he's with and sees a face of somebody he shouldn't have seen and then is relentlessly hunted, thus the name of the movie, The Hunted, uh, by a gang of samurai-wielding ninjas. And, <laughs> and it, it is violent, it is gritty, uh, it's got a cool storyline and a bathtub love scene with Lambert and a 
Japanese woman, of course. You can't have any movie with him in there without gratuitous nudity and mm-hmm. lovemaking. Uh, there is a specific scene in this film I really enjoyed uh, on a train, on a commuter train, that involves these samurai sword-wielding ninjas. That was pretty crazy, pretty violent, and kind of sets the tone of the rest of the film. It's, it's like one of the first times they catch up to him, and as the movie progresses... He has to do battle with these people, and there is also this ninja boss that he eventually has to go up against, and uh, it's a gang. It's like the Yakuza type stuff, but there is a little bit of an undertone of like spirituality and kind of the supernatural in certain ways. That, but anyway, I really enjoyed this film. This film I haven't seen it in a long time, but from what I remember of it, it was pretty cool. Uh, it does get bagged on a little bit. By certain people, oh, you know, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. But what Lambert movie is? It's 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 a guilty pleasure type of film. You're watching it for uh, other things than for being some Oscar-winning film. You know what I mean? Well, I will say this. You know, I my DVD is on the way. I bought this movie. It was just ready to get here in time. I'm going to watch this. But yeah. I, uh, while I was shopping around, trying desperately to find a way to watch it, maybe a stream or whatever, which is unavailable. I did read a review from someone that gave it a perfect 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. and they said verbatim that this is the ultimate samurai versus ninja movie. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it's going for and it pulled it off, who cares? Not everything's supposed to be yeah, not sa- yeah, and I shouldn't say samurai will. The samurai sword, you know, whatever they're called. Well, I'm, I'm quoting this person. Yeah, but, but I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It, it is awesome. And uh, a lot of sword play. A lot of cool uh, throwback to the samurai way of life type of stuff. Uh, once again, a really cool scene on that train, which I won't get into, so I'm not spoiling it for you. Plenty of love, you know, Lambert love. And it, I wouldn't say this is a straight-up action film. This is not like, you know, certain other things you may have seen him in. It's no Beowulf, that's for sure. <laughs> but, which, by the way, is horrible, horrible. That's terrible. But anyway, it, it's, it's one of those things... Uh, it's kind of it's a little slower paced than than some people might be thinking, but it is cool. It's intense. It's gritty. You know, most of his action movies are a little slower mm-hmm. paced. Um, you know, I'm just gonna throw this out here. Like I said, we everyone tried to be an action star at a specific period of time. You know, we brought up why Wesley Snipes and Steven Seagal did not make it. There's different reasons. The reason these two didn't make it is Christopher Lambert was following the trend of action star. He still occasionally does action mm-hmm. movies. But he kind of got shoeholed into action films due to a specific movie, and but he was trying to just be a film star. Then Dolph Lundgren did never get successful because he just kind of arrived too late on the scene. Like his big, his big breakthrough is Rocky Four. Think about that, Rocky Four. Yeah. The action movies <laughs> were kind of dying out mm. by the time he got a big enough rep to be in big action movies, yeah. and. Um, also, both these guys struggled with their language skills. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they both had to learn on the fly, and uh, one obviously from Swedish, one from French, but, you know, so they just kind of too late on the scene. But, uh, so his action films are a little more heady or have a smaller kill count. Yeah, exactly. But it, really good film. Yeah. Pretty intense. Like I said, very gritty for, for you know. It, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was a pretty cool movie. Um, and once again, if you're into that samurai-esque type of action and Christopher Lambert, uh, I, I really enjoyed the movie. It, it was not his typical fare, and I, and I really I really enjoyed it. So 
Um, you know, I and the one thing we haven't really been doing have. Are we stepping for this list? Are we stepping away? I, I guess we're. I guess we're already kind of rating the movie. I mean, we're we're one through five. Oh, well, we haven't been rating anything. But yeah, so we, we sh- yeah we should. I just was thinking about it. I mean, we're pretty much telling you where we think these should be because yeah, of the maybe. list. So, I, I feel like it's in a good spot. Um, obviously, there's two. The one coming up next, which we're about to move into, I have not seen. Uh, one that I really would like to see, and apparently. Only unless you're buying it somewhere used on DVD, which I haven't looked yet, you can see this on YouTube. Um, but on this list, there are a couple that definitely take precedence over The Hunted. They're classics. Um, so I think The Hunted deserves to be at number four, and I think that number one and two definitely deserve to be where they are. But I've said what I need to say about The Hunted. Great movie. Um, guilty pleasure of mine. So if you guys want to see it, check it out. Um, it is a little hard to find, but I'm thinking you could probably find it on YouTube. Or you might have to go Ghost Riches. You had to, you yeah. Had to me, I could not find it on YouTube. I found scenes. There's like eight scenes. But I, mean, I did find a double feature pack with this movie included. The other movie I can't even remember now was Trash. I don't even know why they put the two together. Um totally different actors, totally different style of movies. So I don't know why those two went together. But there is a double pack that you can buy. Two movies uh, that I saw on eBay and, you know, I saw that there were multiple copies. It's like a little eBay store, video store. So, man, if you're really that interested, that's that's one of the, you know, places you could track that down. But, but all right, let's move on to our number three. Night Moves. Night Moves. With a K. With a K. All right. Yeah. So, not a dead of night. So dead night moves is <laughs> not moves. your. It's not an action film. Well, you know, there is a. So when we get to special mentions, there is a Land Bear movie that is better, probably as a movie than all these other movies. But he's a bit player in it. He, you know, uh, not a bit player. He's just supporting actors. We decided to obviously say for special mentions. So why is night moves on here? Because we're not just doing action films. We're doing their best movies. And this is a great movie. This is an action thriller, but heavy on the thriller. There's a large action set piece at the end, very 90s-esque, when everything finally gets revealed. Uh, this movie takes a lot of crap, from what I've noticed. I honestly had no idea until I decided to look this movie up to show you what critics thought of it, just because I was curious. And not many critics have ever reviewed it. Uh, but the ones that have, for some reason, don't like it. I don't get it. This is a great thriller. Uh, I showed this to my wife. She loved it. Uh, she her attention, She has now moved into thrillers or her favorite film genre. So she's very critical of thrillers, but she'll sit through any of them. And uh, she thought this was a tie-in thriller. It, it's got a. It's kind of artistic in the beginning. It opens up with this black and white, fast-paced uh, reveal of this tragedy of someone's youth based around chess. Then it jumps to the future. Someone is murdering people. There's also a chess tournament going on in this town. Christopher Lambert is one of the best players but has some hang-ups who can't beat this Russian. He's in this town. He's, he's quickly presented as a very flamboyant, attractive, pretty boy of the scene and bangs the hell out of the reporter in like the first minute. <laughs> In a pretty X-rated scene, even my wife was like, whoa. I was like, yeah, those are his sex scenes. 
Uh, in this movie, if you like the Land Bear sex scenes, he gets multiples with multiple women. Yes, yes. Uh, he also does Diane Lane for a bit. Uh, when I say for a bit, that is also a very long sex scene. There's a lot of mm-hmm. breast sucking in that scene. But, uh, which is okay because they were married. But, um, yes. uh, anyway, um, the idea is is that uh, the, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, Peter Scarrett. Peter Scarrett plays the lead detective. And there's also one of the Baldwin brothers, the chubby one. Uh, the old one. <laughs> Danny? Danny Baldwin's the chubby one? I, at this point, they might all... Yeah, but in their prime. Yeah. In their prime. Yeah. Daniel Baldwin. Which is actually... I think he's not the thin one. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> Daniel Baldwin was the chubby so, one. So, Daniel Baldwin is interesting in this movie. At first, you're going to think he's a bad... He's doing a terrible job acting. Eventually, it's revealed that he's just not a smart person. He's kind of on the slow end. And so I think that's what he was going for. But he's probably the only weak link actor. Everyone else does a great job. And the idea of it is is Daniel Baldwin is a detective. Tom Skerritt comes in. It's his first. He's taking over this uh, small town. He actually has worked at a big town. He's worked serial killer cases. So he starts to actually apply some rigorous methods to figure out who this is. Uh, Along the way, the thriller portion is, is it? Christopher Lambert's character, or is it not Christopher Lambert's character? Uh, is the flashback him, or was it not him? Eventually it's revealed that chest moves are being how everything's played out. Where Diane Lane's character comes in is they bring her in uh, as a psychiatrist to evaluate him. He catches on to her really quickly, but he's also entranced by her because she's a playboy and likes to have sex with everything. They end up having a sexual relationship. She's back and forth on if it's him, if it's not him. The movie's kind of back and forth if it's him or not him. Uh, there's a really interesting they do thing they do where basically they're in this ancient hotel uh, that has this water room. They can only try and track the phone calls at where the phone's put in, which is in this weird water room. So there's always a strange water room, and so therefore, foreshadowing, it has this insane set piece at the end that takes place in this water room that then kind of leads it to action characters you would not expect to die die things that you do not expect to have happen happen and the end is pretty crazy so you get like a full like opening of like black and white artsy hitchcock some 90 thriller and then a bloodbath ending and i think it makes a great movie uh, a lot of people are gonna be like well of course it's not him it's easy to figure out or yada 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 because he's you know uh you know, like, you know, or is it him? You know, kind of thing. Look, I'll admit that's probably one of the weaker parts of the movie they could have fixed. But it is clear enough. I'm not going to ruin if it is or not. But it's pretty, yeah, by the middle of the movie, it's pretty clear that they might have let that go because you're kind of figuring out yes or no. Um, but that actually might be its strength in the modern world. Most people watch movies while also doing something else now. So maybe you'll be... You know, you're not the moviegoers of the 90s who are, like, pouring over every little thing because they're actually in the theater. Uh, so, yeah, that may, but the cinematography's fantastic. The acting, like I said, is great. The kills are actually surprisingly uh, very well done. They have a very horror movie 90s feel with people getting their blood drained and messages on mm-hmm. walls. The chest stuff's <laughs> great. Uh, the climax has a lot of good gore, a lot of, a lot of slit throats, a lot of people blasted. You know, it's, you, know, it's, you know it's kind of crazy. I was looking at Kill Counts, and for Christopher Lambert, I cannot get a breakdown of total kills. Only <laughs> only kills that he performs in the film. Oh well. So, so I could we could guess this. 
Although you just watched this again recently, so it'd be kind of cheating between the two of you. But Lambert <laughs> is only broke down from anything I could find by his own kills. Well, I don't think we should do this movie. We'll do it yeah. from... Because that would reveal whether or not he is the yeah. serial killer. Well, I could tell you going back to The Hunted. Oh, like, serial killers know how to party. What yeah. is, what, what's your guess on the kill count of Lambert himself in The Hunted? Well, seeing as I haven't seen The Hunted, this is going to be a straight guess. So this is going to be the fairest it is with our co-host here. And I am going to go with 24. 10. 2. Damn. Oh, I did it! Now, I did be, it! No, there's a lot of deaths in this movie. That's why I'm, I'm questioning the validity of this. But this site is pretty... Well, based off of what you said up plot, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, himself. Now, if this was a total overall kill count, there'd be much more. But, because uh, I do remember the train scene a whole bunch, of, you know, so... Um, and then, going back to uh, Gunman... What do you think his actual kills are? His actual kills would be... Oh, man, Mario Van Peebles does all the kills. Uh, one. Seven? Three. I win. Yeah. I win. <laughs> so, three... I'm going to take my one. By the actual characters, you know, person. Yeah. And I'll throw this out here. I am closer than you'll realize because there is a few people that they joke about who they might have because they both shoot him. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, I, that one's a tough one. Yes, yes. That, that movie's interesting. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of traps in the movie, a lot of bombs, a lot of weird stuff. And yes, you are right. I cannot say anything about night moves. I can see this now. Um, so we'll move on. So night moves sounds like a great thing. I do plan on watching it. I I, you know, I really I this is a weird one. I remember really enjoying it as a child, so I brought it up. Because I used to watch it a lot as a kid. Uh, it was one of those R movies my mom let me watch. I think she might have had a thing for Lambert. She let me watch all his movies like four percent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just let me watch lots of R movies. Maybe my mom just likes R movies. But um, I really enjoyed it. And then I was a little worried on the list, and I revisited it. And you know what? We no, it's me and Alice loved it. It was. It's just. It's just a fun. They don't make thrillers like this anymore. They make. They don't make thrillers. That ramp up correctly. It's very hard to have that satisfying ramp up where, you know, you start slow. Like, there's a particularly cool kill I really like in this. It's not going to run the movie. But there is a kill where there's a woman, by the way, even though she gets completely naked, Lambert doesn't bang this one. But this woman is changed, and she is now going, we might have had at some point, but not on film. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> she is now opening the closet. And what does she see in the closet? But a pair of men's shoes among her shoes. And you get to see her last gasp of terror from the point of view of what bursts from the closet on her face. They don't do kills like that no. anymore. No. And it's subtle and it's cool and it's like, that's a great, because you have the opening ridiculous kill with all the blood. And then that's a nice change of pace where you get like, you still get the kill, but you, you know, now movies are just like, how can we up the ante? Just, you know, they don't up the tension, they just up the ante. They don't do anything artistic really. On the Not all movies, but a lot of these B-thrillers are just that way, you know. So, but I think it, it matches up right, and it's a, it's cool. Plus, you get to see a black and white scene where a woman bleeds to death on a bed while her son eats cookies. Yes, which I did see that scene, but not the rest of the movie. Uh, Dose Rich was like, "You must see this," and so I watched that one scene. All right, so moving on to number two.
actually, this movie for, is called Fortress, but this movie is actually directed by a favorite director of mine, Stuart Gordon. Yes, Stuart who, Gordon. Who we have touched on before in one of our other lists. It was of the course. horror movie list. Yeah, yes. Stuart Gordon was done all kinds of, of horror films that I really like. Castle Freak, Reanimator being the big one and from this, beyond. This movie got made because of Reanimator. So mm-hmm. I found this out. By revisiting this movie for this, uh, I watched a little director things I've ever seen in the movie, and Stuart Gordon brings up that this movie happened because Arnold Schwarzenegger loves Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And he loved it so much, he had a home screening in his home theater and discussed making a movie with Stuart Gordon, and they were going to make this movie. They were going to make Fortress together. Uh, they got a 60 something million dollar budget, and then he mysteriously pulled out. And yeah, and, and, which is crazy. But they cut the budget down to about fourteen million. Then they had to recast it. The producers wanted an international star, and Lambert was rising, and so they picked him up, um, and uh, they finished the movie. But that is interesting. Uh, personally, the reason I think that it got we got, and this is just a speculation, he just done Total Recall, and he was gonna do Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't want to get sci-fi cast. And that is, you know, and I say it was crazy, but in reality, that's probably the truth. Because that's all he'd been doing. Running Man, Total Recall, all these things. Uh, and, you know, I guess you could even throw Predator in that bunch. He was playing like a, yeah. you know, a certain genre of film. But uh, Fortress is a really cool uh, sci-fi fantasy escape movie. It's, it's, a, it's a prison escape film done by Stuart Gordon, which, like, once again, I said earlier, I really like this guy's movies. He uh, was a great director. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it was it was really cool. It's got some cool cast members. And actually, speaking of Reanimator, uh, Jeffrey Combs is a reoccurring character in Stuart Gordon's films. Um, he's in that movie. Uh, you know, I don't know if you'll know Kurtwood Smith's in there. He, he was. Yeah, a, yeah he, he was Red in the '70s show. That '70s show, he was in RoboCop. He's been in a lot of things. He's in there. I mean, there's. It was a pretty cool movie. Lambert plays a really good uh, role in this film. Yeah, uh, he, I, he. I think this is the first movie you can tell he finally mastered English. Yeah. It. So basically, the premise, and this this is even something you could read on IMDb. This is just the the actual just summary. Uh, in a future private underground prison fortress, uh, fortresses, the inmates are computer controlled. Um, uh, dream readers and devices can cause pain or death, but Lambert's character and his legally pregnant wife are inside of one of these prisons and want to escape before the birth of their child. Kind of sets off the whole the whole storyline of the movie. It's it's cool. It's crazy. Uh, it's a good action film. I really enjoy. Yeah, it. Yeah, so it's got a dystopian sci-fi mm-hmm. element that you can agree with in our time, but at the same time, a lot of people on Earth actually think that that should be the way that mm-hmm. children should be limited and chosen by the community and how many you can have I mean there's a whole country that limits childbirths and which you can and can't have and uh, you know China so uh, you know this is a thing and this will become a thing in the future um, uh, based off of different things that happen and so this movie just doesn't really explain it but, you know, you, you feel like they're wrongfully imprisoned, so already you take their sides, and it becomes a prison break action. Movie. It is. It's a prison and, escape film. It, it, and it's a, yeah. it's a satellite uh-huh. prison. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say that 
that might be a little bit of like oh a giveaway because they don't realize that at first they think they've actually gone underground mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it ruins too much because now with the marketing the way it is and everything you're just gonna see it on IMDb you're gonna see it when you buy it and I won't ruin anything else but there's a lot of twists along the way mm -hmm. uh, and there it is one of the best prison break movies there is and of course it being a Stuart Gordon film there is a little bit of uh, you know gory-esque scenes in there because oh, he just can't help himself. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of violence. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, that might even be why maybe Arnold opted out. His, his agent might have been like, hey, we're trying to make you a family star and you're going to serve you know, in this hyper-violent, <laughs> disgusting Yeah, film. well, and, and it really is. Stuart, anything that Stuart Gordon catches... Typically, I, now I can't speak for his whole film filmography. Yeah, he's like Robo Jackson. Yeah, yeah, but you know, a lot of the times though, his R-rated stuff always has an element of body horror to it, or something gets pushing the boundaries a little bit on the gore side. And this movie is very violent. It does have a lot of gore in there. There's some weird stuff too. Speaking of the Red Foreman guy. Where he has like these, it's been a long time though, where he had those little implants where he, oh, yeah. he's like sucking their drains and all this stuff. There's some weird stuff this, in there. This is a, this is a really underrated sci-fi film yeah. I wish more people would watch. A lot of body explosions. Uh, you know, it's pretty gory. Yeah. And uh, you get to see, you know, Lambert, kind of, I think he was almost at his best in this one. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with this one. Um, and of course, there there is, it is a Lambert movie, so there's nudity <laughs> and sex. All of course, and, sex. and just to throw this out here, it has now connected our last episode to our first action hero episode because we're back to arm. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I you know I don't know. It's just something about Stuart Gordon stuff. I, I actually praise the director more than the actual film sometimes, but but getting oh, yeah, away well, getting I mean, away from that, I uh, I really do like this movie. It was it was really good. This is the type of movie that if you watch it, uh, you know it's hard to explain this to people that are younger than us now because I think that no one has a ton of star power now. I mean, literally, guys like Sylvester Stallone are starring on weird streaming platforms and television shows. When we were watching stuff, there was different classifications of actors. There was the A-list actor. Mm -hmm. He only starred in big movies. There was the B-list actor that got lucky occasionally to be in a big movie, but mostly filled up your straight-to-video movies or your maybe see it on double feature movies. Then there was the TV actor that would try and transition, but usually was just stuck on TV. And... Uh, it was very clear going in usually what the quality of movie was and a guy would only get so many movies to prove himself and this is the movie where Lambert still looked like he was on trajectory to being an A-list actor mm -hmm. like it looked like because he had done the movie we're about to talk about he had done a movie that will win our special mentions and then he did this movie and it looked like he was going to be the thing yeah I really did and then he fell into B-list yes and real b what? I knew he was over when I saw Bob. most <laughs> <laughs> It was horrible. But, but all right, let's move forward. We're going to move to our number one. Oh, before we do that, let's do the guess. Now, remember, this kill count, because Lambert, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's Lambert. I cannot find a total overall kill count. All right. I want to know what was Lambert's 
over and maybe he was the only one kept now that I think about it. I mean, I know I think there were prisoner deaths and stuff through dreams, so that's not entirely. Well, they, there was a lot of people killed by the yeah, guards. Yeah, exactly. But okay, so I can't find that total breakdown, and I sure as hell can't remember every single death in the movie. So let's now let's look at this. How many characters does Lambert, as an actor, kill in Fortress? Five. Three. Thirteen. I was trying to lowball it because the last couple <laughs> ones he's only been like one or two, so I'm all trying to go lower. This was a, this was not a feel good win, but I'll take it because we're still yeah. rich. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he decompressed something. I forget about. He sucked out more guys. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, thirteen supposedly. No, oh, I believe it. So there was um, a lot of people who died. Yeah, yeah. So I know I remember that there's a lot of people. There's explosions, body explosions, yeah. gut explosions. There's all kinds of weird things in here. So I know there's more than 13 deaths in that movie, but they're not breaking it down that way. So just by Lambert himself. So anyway, there's your there's your thing, Rich, for the win. Again. Again. So I got one. I got him once. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to our number, uh, number one. This is, without a doubt, his number one movie. I love this movie. I've seen it many, many times. I'm sure Dose Rich has as well. Probably not Crystal, because, well, that's Crystal. I'm me. <laughs> yeah. And that is Highlander. By the way, Queen loved this movie. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably like the soundtrack. Yes. There's a lot of Queen on the soundtrack. Yeah. I love movie. Queen. You know the song. Of the universe. Yeah. yeah. There can be only one. I love this movie. Um, they really backtrack on that in every movie mm-hmm. where they keep just adding more. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that can be only one. Really cool uh, tale of immortals that are in a, well, a mortal struggle with each other to basically wipe each other out until there is only one. That will gain earn all. the gift. Then they earn the ultimate power. The prize. The prize of being the only immortal left. And so it, it is very much so a sword combat movie because that is the way that they go about this. It's got Clancy Brown in there. It's got Sean Connery. So as you can see right there with Sean Connery being involved, this was not a B-budget film. Oh, no. This, so, this is another movie a big actor walked away from, and it's been a long time since I watched the director's commentary. So if I get the actor's name wrong, who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oopsie-poopsie. But uh, basically... If I remember correctly, two things of that I was I wanted to bring this up. One, Christopher Lambert learned to speak English on this film. So his they taught him a accent that he uses from there on out, where he they can't tell where he's from for this role. And then Lambert uses that accent in all of his non French movies from here on out. So just to let you know, he learned the accent from the accent coach to never know where the hell he's from. But he is French. But two, I believe it was Kurt Russell was supposed to star in this film, and Goldie Hawn told him no after reading the script, and he backed out due to her saying no. So it was supposed to be a Kurt Russell film. Mm-hmm. And they hurried up and grabbed Chris Lambert and didn't realize he didn't know how to speak English. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so literally they had to teach him English for the film. Uh, and I, I remember hearing that while watching the DVD on the director's commentary, when because I, I used to watch all the director's commentaries on my favorite movie. Now, I will say this. But it about, might not be curious, but I, I, will, I will say this. You are right, and I am very glad that he pulled out. <laughs> and not because, because I'll tell you why. In, uh, in the 
act of pulling out of the stone. So yes, Kurt Russell was originally cast as Connor McLeod, who is the main character in Highlander. Who, by the way, this not to get too far off of this subject, this movie spanned a whole bunch of different sequels and a whole TV show, by the way. So it wasn't unpopular. Which, by the way, my brother, who's mm-hmm. a huge fan of the show and the movie, became incredibly pissed when the TV show Highlander killed Christopher Lambert. Yes. One of those sequels was like, <laughs> what the hell? He was the original. <laughs> but anyway, Kurt Russell was originally uh, cast as Connor McLeod that he pulled out of the project uh, because of his girlfriend at the time. I think they're legally, you know, common-law married, married now. So. Oh, yeah. But Goldie Hunt. And instead starred in Big Trouble in Little China. Which, ah. So had he not started that movie... Which for us... Is awesome because we love that movie, but for his career was very bad. He's, this movie was very big. Yeah, well, it, well, he never really had too many problems. But I'll tell you this: I love Big Trouble in Little China, and a lot of the reasons I do is because of Kurt Russell. By the way, let's not talk too much about it. Cause, well, I'm sure. Yeah, but of it's that's one of my faves. I love Big Trouble. I just watched it what just a couple weeks ago. I, again. Actually, I, I, I revisit it. Every I watched so often. this three weeks ago as well. Yeah. So, so yes, I'm very glad he pulled out of this project, but. Yes, basically, they go to New York City, and I believe they, uh, I can't remember how it ends up it ends up over there, but... but well, it starts over there. Yeah. So the way the movie opens is... Oh, yeah, that's right. The way the movie opens that's is right. they, um, they... So, they you're, have, uh, yeah, you're right. He's flashing back, so yeah, it shows his, his origin, you know, basically, and then goes back to present time. He's immortal, so... Yeah, he, he yeah. basically, he is... Uh, He's an immortal, and he fights a guy in a parking garage, mm-hmm. which, I, like I said, I watched the director's commentary. It's actually not a parking garage, because they were filming in Europe, and the parking garage is too small, so they had to use a market to make it look like So apparently European cars must actually be smaller. It's not just a joke, mm-hmm. because their parking garage was too small to look like <laughs> yep. a parking garage. Like, they literally thought that if they, people would thought it was on set, because their parking garage mm-hmm. looked fake. But um, anyway, he, uh, yeah, he, he's born of the clan McLeod in Scotland, and he's trained by... Uh, he kills a guy in the beginning, sucks in his power, then you find out. But anyway, by Ramirez, who's played by uh, Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, is, what is Clancy Brown's character's name? It's called the... Uh, oh. Uh, oh, hold on. It's called the... Uh, he's a type of people, because that's why he's called the whatever. He's like the... Uh, uh, is he the cry man? It's the, something uh, like that. Yeah, it's some sort of yeah. step person. The, the, the Tartar? Is he the Tartar? Uh, Kurgan. The Kurgan. Yeah, okay. Kurgan. Anyway, some sort of Crimean warrior uh, who's been wandering forever, and you think he's dead, and then he turns out not to be dead, uh, well, or something like that, and then they battle in the future. Uh, they have a huge rivalry because of what goes down in the past. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, way in the past. Yeah, with way, Sean Connery, yeah. with mm-hmm. everything, and... Uh, Basically, it's a revenge flick for your friend. There's also this contest, which I really want to say it's called The Prize. Mm. And uh, I think it, throughout the film, the Kurgan and Connor McLeod end up being the last. And yeah, there's a bet. You know, and of course, with the Spawn sequels and everything else, they just keep adding. There's always another. But, but you know, the quickening, the, the second sequel, everyone says is god-awful terrible. I didn't now, mind it. it. It's not good. Yeah. But the director's cut is actually... Pretty good, mm-hmm. and I actually dug it because it took this really trippy, like super sci-fi thing with it, with the aliens and they were aliens and mm-hmm. people coming to Earth. But uh, I don't know. 
And I don't know. I, I don't think the franchise is as good as the first one. I think this is one of those films. Yeah, the first and, takes the... Yeah. yeah. I didn't mind the quickening, but I definitely... It was definitely... Well, mostly with the spies. Mm-hmm. Three's, like, okay. And then the Shibi show's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, they, they're okay. But, you know, I just think this this is a great sci-fi flick. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's awesome. It's it's uh, a guy named Russell McCulloch. McCulkey uh, uh, or Kai yeah, or whatever. He's an yeah. Australian director. Um, there's a movie that he did that I love that I was almost thinking of putting in our special mentions for the Hop 100 Horror called Razorback. It's about a giant Razorback that terrifies the countryside. I know Razorback. Yeah. I love that movie. He's got a gritty, cool look that if you've seen Razorback, fits. And I think he, it, it, it makes Highlander. Because mm-hmm. you got like this really what you would think would be filmed almost Lord of the Rings ish storyline, but he films it like a dirty crime film mm-hmm. with like it's all dark and grimy and prostitutes and weird shit going on mm-hmm. and open neck wounds. And I think it gives it like a really cool feel. Oh, yeah, it was a great movie. Um, and once again, spot a whole bunch of different things uh, that, that went off of it, but it was, the idea is cool. Of course, he falls in love with somebody, or somebody falls in love with him. Uh, has a lot of flashback sequences to. There's a sex scene. Yeah, there of course there's a sex scene. <laughs> I think there's a sex scene in all three, but um, well, I I know number three has one. It's very graphic. The young man when I had that movie, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, that that sex scene is burned into my memory. But uh, <laughs> the the. Uh, uh, the movie is really cool. The idea is cool that you are literally in a constant uh, competition for power, and that yes, you will get the ultimate prize, which I'm assuming is some kind of godlike or demigodlike power if you are the last standing immortal. Um, yes, uh, a civilian person. Well, I guess they're all civilians, but somebody from the outside does fall in love with this character. I like a lot of the flashbacks that occur. I mean, you see him duel somebody. Mm-hmm. You see all this cool stuff. And it just kind of gives you a timeline of how old he actually is. I mean, we're talking French duels. Like, I'll see you out in the... You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. This jumps around from like 1280 yeah. Scotland mm-hmm. all the way to what, what was present time New York. I yeah. think that's 1991, 92. It's, and, uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, right? yeah. No, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's awesome. It's really fun. Um, it's, re- it's well well done. Um, it's not, you know, it doesn't have any real plot holes or anything. And... Uh, all the characters are great, and you know, it definitely. Clancy Brown plays yeah, a very good villain. It's just yeah, it's just yeah. a likable, cool movie. The soundtrack's great. Um, there is one thing that I, because I just want to bring this up, that if you do have one issue with the movie, at the end, someone does win the gift. There's some crazy stuff that goes on. The director does apologize that you can see the wires. He literally <laughs> said that the lights in that scene. So you couldn't see the wires. It was too expensive to reshoot, and he realized the lights made you actually see the wires. He says it right there on the DVD, where he's like, God damn it! Oh, yeah. They didn't have enough money to reshoot it. And if you see the scene, you'll realize. Yeah. They put a lot of money into that last scene. Uh, so that's like the only mistake, really, in the whole film, is that one little thing. I mean, everything's really well done. Sean Connery, I mean, obviously he's one of those roles where he came in for a couple days. A week? Yeah, but he's, mm-hmm. he's, he, they get a lot of screen time, a lot of scenes with him. And so he, uh, he did one week's worth of filming. Yeah, he's he's legit in there. And he, made, and he made a million dollars. Well, I mean, him. he's the reason most people saw. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, you know what's great about it is typically in these types of movies, when a guy has a role like that, he's in it for like two scenes. 
you know, three scenes. Yeah. He just lends credibility to the, you know, the weird nature of the movie. Uh, they actually, they, he, he earned his million. Yeah, he has he's a He's literally yeah. like a third of the movie. Yeah, he's got a huge section in that movie. All in the past, of course, but yeah. still, you know, he had a big chunk of, of time in there. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I am, I actually have this movie on my shelf. So it's one of those things that I, I'm not doing any guesswork here with this one. I, I really like it. The only thing is, is uh, once again, as I've said twice now, can't get the movie's total kill count because Clancy Brown does kill people in this movie. He kills more people. Yeah. So way more people. So how many do you think Christopher Lambert kills in this movie himself? It's hard for me because of the fact that there is the huge battle scene, and I can't remember how effective he is in the battle scene when he gets proven to be an immortal. But if I had to make a guess, uh, even with that battle scene, I will put six. Crystal? Seven. Four. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. Obviously, more deaths than that in the movie. Wait a minute. But I'm talking about. I think his... Clancy Brown's Kurgan kills more people in the opening battles. Yeah, yeah. So he actually, on screen, it may be, it may be implied that he did, but this is on screen kills. So he has a total of four in this film, you know, as his character. Well, I mean, he plays these types of action roles where he isn't this ultimate badass, which I think actually makes a lot of his action films really enjoyable because there's actually more dangerous people in them than him. Like, that's what makes Fortress great. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I'm sure Arnold could have pulled it off, but I have a feeling it would have been a slightly different movie mm-hmm. than Arnold in Fortress. And that's, I don't know, I like that about Christopher Lambert's movies is that, uh, you know, he is, even in he is in the action role, is usually a side character who is far more threatening than him. Um, and I think that led some kind of like a yeah. believability. He, looking at his list, uh, his top kill count out of all films, just a little trivia, is a movie called Mean Guns. I have seen Mean Guns with Ice-T. Yes, how many? 21. You said his highest? Uh, on this list. It's not listing everything he's done, but uh, what's been recorded. Uh, 45. 37. I oh, hate this game. <laughs> oh, I got it? <laughs> yeah. You want to hear something weird about it? Yeah, Mean Guns. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, you killed 37. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's that's it. That's our list for our, like, you know, intermediate guys between our big... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's our list. I think you'll like these. I really think you'll like... Um, more Christopher Lambert movies than you will like Dolph Lundgren movies. Dolph Lundgren's been in more movies, but Dolph Lundgren's movies, he's been a lot of bad movies. Yeah, Lundgren's been in a lot Whereas Christopher Lambert movies, even to this day, he still started, mm-hmm. he actually just started a movie recently I watched. Uh, uh, it was all in German, by the way, so just to warn you if you don't like subtitles, it was about World War II. He plays a German commander um, in some sort of, his biopic. It was a great film. It was a really good film. Uh, he also did uh, he did a movie uh, this is going to be my special mention film he did a movie uh, in the 2000s or late 90s called um, I think it's called Renaissance um, Resurrection I mean Resurrection ah memory issues here but Resurrection is if you like Seven and you also don't care if a movie's a blockbuster or not check out Resurrection Resurrection has a Seven film it's a really cool horror thriller action type film 
uh, I really enjoyed it. I was it was uh, was really had this been a horror or something sort of list, I might have pushed it over Gunman, but it's a really really great movie. That'll be my special mention for Christopher Lambert. I also want to just special mention this. His best movie he's ever been in is Greystroke. It's probably one of the best Tarzan movies ever made. It might have been the best movie made in 1980, whatever, <clears throat> five or six. But he plays Tarzan, and even though he's a big part of the movie, the movie's about Jane and her father. It's an yeah. interesting take on Tarzan, and I just don't think it should be up there when he's like not asked to do much. Mm-hmm. But that's another great movie he was in. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it says here that in that movie... Um, as soon as he put on his wool sweater, he killed 200 people. <laughs> in Greystroke? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's what separates us from just evolving. All of society is based on this So once again, the evidence points my way. Yes, yeah. But, uh, um, I don't know, those are my special mentions. I, yeah, I, I don't think know if you have any language. No, not really. No. Um, as far as Lundgren goes, um, I... Um, I already kind of said my special mention for Lambert. Yeah, I, as far as Lundgren goes, you know, he had brought up a movie he wanted me to watch. It was called Don't Kill It. Uh, I, I enjoyed the film. Never saw it. I just, said, yeah, I just I mentioned it. You mentioned it. I, I, said, I enjoyed the film. It's incredibly low budget, so don't watch it unless you like really low budget movies. But if you want to watch a cool, campy, crazy kill count horror movie with an aging action star that's got kind of basically the plot line of Fallen... Uh, uh, but it is pretty humorous at times. Uh, don't kill it's pretty good, but uh, for my uh, other special mention Lundgren movie, um, I don't know, do you have one? No. None? Well, Red Scorpion, but I'm not going to get too far into that. It's been too long since I've seen it to really dig deep into it, but I remember mm-hmm. I remember Red Scorpion being pretty good. Um, there is, one, oh, of course, we've already had this as a special mention before, but he was really good in The Expendables. Oh, yeah. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Obviously, that's a little more mainstream. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that. Yeah, we didn't pick those because it's like, you know, you're part of a team. <laughs> exactly, but I still think he's good as an aged, you know, special forces guy that frequently plays villainous roles in those movies. Not mean, but, you know, he's messed up. You'd have to watch it to understand. But uh, I think he does a good job in those. Uh, one that I am interested in seeing, and so is Dose Rich's uh, Men of War don't know a whole lot about it, but I remember seeing the trailer many, many years ago on a, on a film that I had. It might have even been a VHS. So I, I want to uh, watch that one. Um, but yeah, Red Scorpion, I remember being pretty good, but I would have to rewatch it before I could straight up say, yeah, this is something you need to see. But I definitely can say uh, The Expendables, if you want to see a little longer in action in there. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. And as I was talking about... Uh, on the previous episode, we are going to be releasing mock ground uh, grindhouse trailers. We just have to get some things. Uh, that's going to be a little ways off. I was hoping it'd only be a week or two, but I have to get some things for that and uh, get some things written out. But, dogula, the dogula. But there's going to be um, there's going to be some pretty interesting uh, trailers that we're going to be putting in front of our episodes that are just going to be good fun. And I really enjoy writing that kind of stuff, so it needs to be written out, uh, cleaned up. I need to get a, a little bit more equipment for that. And uh, pretty soon in the near future, we'll be throwing those in there. And you guys, I'm sure you guys like some of the stuff is ridiculous. So uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but that that's in the future. Uh, not right away, but it will be coming. Uh, <clears throat> we're also looking at some other types of trivia things that we can do to get you guys involved. 
Um, but yeah, this is all on the way. We just have to get situated so that this is doable. And next week, we will bring, bring in Bruce Willis. Bruce Willies to the table, yes. Ooh. So it'll be a Bruce Willis week. Uh, yeah, and of course, you know, you think action, it's hard not to have Bruce Willis pop into your mind in some way or another. I mean, the Die Hard franchise, all this stuff. I, I mean, see dead people. I'll say this. That's a horror. For you people that have... Hey, I mean, put in your top five. I mean, I guess... So, <laughs> and if we have, we're doing B-stars together and A-listers competing top five, so you can figure out which rich... You like their movie tastes better. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully, the next B movie duo, I will have had some time to actually uh, research. We so. should do that. We should actually, on one of these posts, we should have a little poll. Mm-hmm. Which one had the better top five? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. And hopefully, I'll be a little, you know, a little well, uh, a little more well researched. Like some of these Lundgren movies, I just truly have. Well, these are assured. Yeah, but but still, I should have seen. I was missing a few on here. I should have seen. Just didn't like I said have the the time to do it with everything going on. But well, uh, but extras to that, there will be small B movie stars where I have not seen. These exactly. Movies. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but yeah, Bruce Willis, I do, you know, for the next episode, I do want to get some Kurt Russells going on in there eventually. Um, I, so we'll pick a, a week for him. We've still got Van Damme coming up. We have a few different people on the roster. And then we have, for our duo, we're going to have some Jet Li and uh, Jackie Chan action coming your way eventually as well. Yeah, we got to figure out who it's <coughs> Chuck Norris. And the Chucks. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be tough to figure Maybe we could do... Uh... All right, we'll figure we it out. We should use Chuck Norris and Michael Dudikoff. And Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, Chuck Norris, his memes made him bigger than he was. Yeah. He was never in the theater. Dude, he had, like, he had some pretty... One film. Yeah, what theater. was it, like, Delta Force? Yeah. yeah so... And not even all the Delta Force from theater. No. He was B. Was he the king of B? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure, but his, his legend is more from the fact that he just keeps acting forever. And he's Chuck Norris. Everyone likes Chuck Norris. That's how he can sell exercise. Then we got to do an Eric Roberts and Jeff Fahey thrill off. Eric Roberts. <laughs> That's never happened. Yes. Quadzilla. <laughs> Quadzilla. Never going to happen. Call General, call General Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> never going to happen. Oh, man. Eric Roberts. A thrill off. But yeah, but all right, you guys. Well, thanks for joining us. That's it for the movie riches, Dolph, and Lambert Extravaganza. It, it. So anyway, yeah, be looking out for Bruce Willis, and we will be seeing you guys on the flip side. Lambert survives space. Deuces. <laughs>